Blog Talk Radio. That time, we have the people. This is Eric from Moana. This is Priscilla Lima. This is Casey Patterson. The story in real time. We're a much better team now than we were then. I'm not looking at just this year. I'm looking at the next four years. You're listening to The Net Line with Barney. You didn't win, so you must not have done a good job. And DJ Ruscha. I have great thighs. It's The Net Live right now. <laughs> Is Casey Patterson using that term to describe my Apple devices? Which which part? The boom part or the boom part? Did he blow up your stuff? Well, your stuff not working. I think I'm stuck. I think I'm stuck in the the Apple vortex where they make you upgrade your stuff because they systematically take away function if you don't upgrade to the very next thing. And even if the very next thing is going to destroy your battery and blow up your phone, you still have to do it. I've I've still not done the iOS 8 update for my phone, but I did order my iPhone 6, so hopefully that'll be... I'm sorry, who are you? <laughs> Welcome to the Net Live, ladies and gentlemen. You heard it. Katie Charles, back in studio. Eighth grade volleyball season is finally over. Eighth grade volleyball season has concluded. Uh, little Spikers, champions of the world, or what? Uh, third place. That's not bad. That's for good. a team that barely won any matches last year, we'll take it. We celebrate silvers. I don't know about bronze, Jerry. Bronze? We can celebrate Browns. Okay, we'll celebrate you, Browns. You've won your last match at that point. When yeah. the when the eighth graders that you're playing against are six feet tall and hitting balls at the ten foot line, and your team doesn't have anybody over five Ooh. six, you're probably in trouble. Scrappy, you have to be like Jim Menjies. You have to just yeah. lay it in the back row and never never block. Just, we just dig. We look like pin cushions, basically. They just bombed balls at us for oh <laughs> pin cushions. Wow. Voodoo dolls now involved? I don't understand. Yep. Uh, DJ Jeremy Roche, Katie Charles, and myself, Kevin Barnett, here for the Net Live. Thanks for being here. We took a week off, and don't be surprised if we do it again, because uh, <laughs> there's not a lot happening in the world of volleyball outside of college. There's some good stuff happening there. And also, we're busy. Got stuff to do, man. I've got matches up the wazoo here, and I don't mean... And I, well, actually, I do mean. You were at Wazoo. I do actually mean yeah, being. A, say, what is wait your? Wait a minute. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Confused now. I got off a good, good one yesterday. Out of your Wazoo. Wor- working with Kim Odin, <laughs> and and she said, you know, now is the time. Washington State, Washington State is close enough. They need to make a move. So I said, Kim, are you telling me they need to pounce? <laughs> nice. And you were proud of yourself. I was very proud of myself. Did you try to give her a high fiver, and she denied you. <laughs> I then, I then didn't know what to say for the rest because I kind of, I had blown. Blown it out there, and I was all set, and then I stumbled over the next five points. No, that's not true, but I did get a, a picture with their mascot. That's uh, his name, Butch T. Cougar. Know what the T is for? The. The. Butch the Cougar. So the Kevin Barnett mascot tour of the Pac-12 continues. I've got the Oregon Duck Buffalo Chip, which might be my favorite, and uh, and now Butch T. Cougar. So upcoming this week. Are you on UCLA Stanford and USC Stanford, or are you? Uh, no. Is Can you take week? a picture with the tree? Are you allowed to do that? I will. I would take a picture with the tree if I had Stanford, but I will be at. Where will I be? Utah this week. Mm-hmm. Utah. Utah right. swept USC and UCLA this weekend. Did they beat USC too? Yep. I didn't look 3-0 that far back. for both of them. Wow, I saw a three-zero at UCLA yesterday. Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. So yeah, good for Utah, and maybe maybe they have a chance. Maybe. Taking 10 teams from the Pac-12. <laughs> I don't know. 
I don't know. Utah, you might still be in there. So I'll get Utah this week against Washington State. That should be interesting. Utah will have to have that one, no question. And so I have to get a picture with the Ute. I don't know how you do that. Will they be there? I don't know what they have. What do they What do they have for the Utah Ute? Is it Is it a mountaineering man? What does the mascot even look like? A Ute, well, the Ute is, is, is an Indian, Indian but well, but they, they don't have an Indian mascot. I don't know what it is. All right. Well, I mean, it used to be like the the U with a feather hanging off of the thing yeah. with the mascot or the symbol was. But so they're not going to do good in our. Uh, I see an eagle. Challenge they have this in. eagle. Ooh, I'd like to get a picture with this eagle. That would be awesome. I am so down with that. All right. Well, the eagle, I've never seen him at a match, but maybe he'll show up this week. He's super buff, dude. He is ripped. Yeah. So instead of assigning you to the, the two huge matches that are here, they're sending you to Utah, huh? Utah. This is how it works with Pac-12. I travel. I don't do L.A. matches for the women's side. It just hasn't worked out I mean, that way. We're stuck listening to. I Al. did get. I did get the biggest match of the year. <laughs> and Which one? Washington Stanford at Washington. Hey, can you take somebody along? Because I'd really love to be at that match. Except it's the night before Thanksgiving. I've got Al Skates, so that should be entertaining. Oh boy. Oh God. Love Al. Just tell him to not talk through every point. That would be great. I love Al. <laughs> so it'll be myself and Al Skates for the de facto Pac-12 championship game. Well, assuming that they're nice. both undefeated then. Well, even if they're not undefeated, I hope they are. They still are right now. I hope they are. But even if they're not, it will be the de facto Pac-12 championship between those two teams, the number one and number two in the nation. Good stuff. Hey, we have a good show planned for you today. We will have Nebraska legendary headband Terry Pettit join us. Uh, he re- led the program from 77 to 99. That would be in the 1900s, folks. Did you say headband or headman? Headman. Man, okay, I, I heard band. I was confused. You just you heard headband? Yeah. You were thinking about an opening act? Is yeah, it a something. headband or yeah. something? Yeah. I don't know what you were doing. College Volleyball Weekly, of course, with our correspondents. Uh, volleyball in geopolitical circles. And Matt Anderson coming home. We'll have some discussion about that. We're efforting on Matt, obviously. But, again, that's my phone freaking out right before. I'm trying to text Matt, and the thing's going bonkers. I don't know. Uh, but, first, we have a, a couple of interesting things uh, to present here to start the show. I have a little present that I promised Jeremy a few weeks ago. <laughs> this is for you, Jeremy. Where, first of all, where did you find the Batman pillow? It's a good-looking Batman pillow, too. And first of all, it's, like, it's, it's legit, nice. too. It's That's not like, like a, it's... It's not like the crappy kids one you find at Walmart. Yeah, this is no, a legit pillow. <laughs> no, I saw I saw this on on a little thing I, I got, and I, I thought, you know, that is a nice-looking... Like, you can put that in your living room and yeah. not be oh, embarrassed. Yeah. Totally. And I thought, I know exactly who needs this I know pillow. who needs to have this pillow. <laughs> Jeremy needs to have this pillow. Jeremy needs this pillow. He is, you're a Batman guy, right? 100%. Yeah. It's going right here on the chair so, right now. So there you go. There's your Batman oh, pillow. you nice. got to take a picture and put yeah, it on there. So what you're telling me is y'all need to step up our brainstorming game before Christmas here because... Because <laughs> Kevin just dominated. Kevin just dominated. Yeah, Kevin you should have saved that for Christmas, Kevin. Know, now right? you got to get me something else. <laughs> <laughs> the Net Live gift exchange yeah. is coming up. What yeah. are we in that? Do we had to pull our names out of a hat? Like We'll have to do a white elephant one instead. <laughs> There's Won't only three of us. Gives. I think we could probably. Reed and I can exchange legs because. Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> she got a ride over here. What'd she say? Yeah. What, what did she say? What did Katie say? What did you say, Katie? Sorry. She said there's three of us. <laughs> oh, that's true. That's, that's going to be difficult. <laughs> I feel like I feel like we could splurge for the two gifts to each other rather than trying to white elephant that. So, so Jeremy, that's, that's <laughs> and then the guessing first thing. who got who what. Can you guess? <laughs> yeah. So, Jeremy, that's that's the first thing. Congratulations on your new Batman pillow. Yeah, it's super. I'm cool. sure Nicole Ray actually will allow that. In the oh, house. first, absolutely. That will be allowed in the living room. Yeah. Uh, secondly, I received a nice uh, Is that a check letter. <laughs> There's a check downstairs actually. Oh, sweet. Uh, from Tomu, 
Taguchi. Okay. Big fan of the show. Yeah. Long time. Yeah. Uh, met him at some events. Yeah. And he obviously has been listening to the program because you were you were taking stuff out of an envelope right now, unfolding it, and about to read us something from a oh, fan. Yeah, is this a first? Is this our first fan mail? Fan letter. First fan, fan letter, letter right yeah. on air, maybe. That's what I'm talking yeah. about. Way to go, Tim. Yeah. Uh, since, Kevin, since you brought up the socially awkward subject of earwax clogged ears on, oh, on this oh, week's no. show, did I you, feel Did compelled. you even hear that, Kelly? Why? I mean, Katie? <laughs> You're killing me. Kelly yeah. Chuckles. I don't know why. It was Kelly Chuckles. It was Kelly totally Chuckles. That's what happened. Yeah. yeah. Her, Never her, get rid of that one. Thanks, Her, her being name, <laughs> yeah. Kelly Chuckles. So you are Kelly or Katie. It doesn't matter. Either one you need to respond to. Uh, since you brought up that socially awkward topic on last week's show, I feel compelled to write and send the enclosed <laughs> items. Oh, no. They are called mimakaki in Japanese and is designed to clean out earwax from one's ear. Unlike previous items I've sent you, this is, in caps, not a joke. The entire country of Japan has used these things for centuries. Anyone you know from Japan, not Gary Sato. He's probably too many generations removed from the old country. (laughs) I know that Americans, they never stick anything in your ears, but Americans practice using Q-tips, as you have experienced, only pushes the stuff further in your ear. Anyway, he says, be uh, be." Gentle, take care of yourself. He says uh, there is one for you and one for Jeremy. If he wants to give it a try, they are the same size. If you feel you need a larger one, you might want to check out Six Eight Clothing to see if they have a larger mimakaki. Nice for tall and athletic men, presumably with larger ear canals. <laughs> Tell me. That is unbelievable. So here they are. First of all, the fact that somebody has our knows our address to send us stuff. Here they are. Yeah. Here's our. What was it? Tomokaki. I didn't get it right. Hold on. Mimakaki. 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 Jeremy, there's one for you, one for me. Sweet. Hold on. Leave it there. Okay. We will tweet out the picture of these. And we will, at the at the first break, we will give this a shot. Oh. Or I will, anyway. I'm still having problems. I don't know what you want to do with your ear spoon, but, <laughs> but I'm going to give it a shot, and we will report back after the first break. Or maybe you just take over the show, and I'll do it now. So I can Cam Kerr says use them on air. Right now? The problem is with the mic. Well, we can. Well, let's investigate it during the break, we'll and then we'll do it on air and we'll get watch you stick something large in your ear. We'll get pictures. There'll be photo evidence. God, this eagle is buff, man. He needs to show up at the game. Beth Lanier, make the eagle show up so I can get a picture with him. I've seen him uh, when I do the Pac-12 basketball championships in Vegas. Like all the mascots, obviously show up, and uh, we did the Harlem Shake video one year. Yeah, and he was in the video it was hilarious. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it was great. Or she. I don't know who's in. Whoever's uh, in there. Yeah. My cousin, actually, who I visited this week because they live in the Boulder area, my cousin was Cam the Ram when she was in college. Nice. Up there at Colorado State. So, yeah, since Halloween, I did post a nice picture of me as uh, on my Halloween costume. You're intrepid host. I don't know if you saw that. Kelly? Chuckles. I saw the picture. <laughs> I just want to see if she First of all, Kelly. when you posted the your Halloween outfit... Um, I was sitting on the couch at home, and Nicole was sitting next to me. She's like, who is that? I was like, I don't know. I think it's <laughs> Kevin, but I'm not 100% positive. Because the shadowing in the photo looks like you have some scruff, and we all know that you can't grow facial hair. No. So I was confused. I was like, is that actually Kevin? Did he post a photo of somebody else? I didn't know, but it was you. His no-shave November started a little early? or? <laughs> yeah. I can't do that. Like I could. You know, if you're on TV. I think you should you... try it. Not while I'm on TV. It's such a bad look. That's the problem. If you know you're on TV, you could take a couple weeks off. You could grow something in and it'd be fine. I could have the rough, roughly hewn Bradley Cooper look, perhaps. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. something mm-hmm. like that, because I could let that grow in. The bottom line is that uh, that's not possible. Yeah. And if I did let stuff grow in, 
it grows in like on the front of my neck, on the bottom of my chin, and on the edges of my <laughs> top lip. That's it. That is your Halloween and even costume that, for next year. I would use growing in in air quotes yeah. because it's not really there. Well, what's today? The 10th? Correct? Whatever. This is 10 days of facial growth for me. That's way better than I could get. You have yeah. a solid mustache. Mm. That's a good mustache. Like, if you let that go further, like another month. Yeah, you want to know what I look like with a mustache? You could more be hispa- any, more Hispanic than I already look. You could You could be anything at that point. You're like Carlos the Jackal. If I shave, you could be an international. And criminal. I've done this before for whatever reason. If I shave everything off except for the mustache, yeah. There's a term I use that I'm not going to throw it on air, but like I do not look. It's not a good look for me. Okay, <laughs> let's just put it that way. Do you need to change your, what you do for work? Uh, yes, and I'd probably get paid a lot more. <laughs> it would be in the adult industry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I heard you got to go gay for that. It's like five thousand a shot or something like that. You ever see the series Pornucopia? <laughs> And we're already it's not a kid's show. No, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> not this show, I mean. This show is not a kid's show. Yeah. Pornucopia going Welcome back, Katie. Going down in the valley. It was uh gotta be around two thousand four or so. On the HBO. fact that yeah. not only do you yeah. know when this was made, but you remember the title and the time that it no, came it's probably out. Bought, it's a very he catchy title. The, uh, DVDs and owns them. It's a very catchy title. I loved it, going down in the valley. Yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah. Uh anyways, it was very interesting because it was a behind the scenes look at that industry. No. Yeah. So it was quite interesting. One of the biggest industries in the United States. That's why I say that. Yeah. No, I'm not. You don't see those places going out of business, do you? No. When was the last time an adult bookshop opened and then closed six months later, like a restaurant or someone's uh, antique shop? Doesn't happen, folks. They open their doors, and they're open for the next 50 years. Um, Without ever upgrading or remodeling. So yeah. Oh, no. Because they don't need to. Why bother? Or cleaning, for that matter. <laughs> you know the uh, tender box that's on PCH? Yes. It's been right. there forever. I don't know if anybody else finds this as amusing as I do, but it's right next to the Fresh and Easy. Ooh. You know what I'm saying? I never really thought about yeah. that. It is I, on the every time corner. I drive by, I laugh hysterically. I'm like, does anybody else find this as entertaining as I do? <laughs> that the adult bookstore is right next to a store called Fresh and Easy? I mean, come on. Jeremy will be here till Thursday. Yeah. It's highly entertaining. Tip your waitresses, please. Fresh and Easy. <laughs> so you just tell I like my women. I don't know. All right. Anyways. <sighs> hold on. Should we just should we, hold on? Hold on. Hold. Should we just start the show over? Just click back? Okay. Yeah, just That's kidding. Good idea. Let's just start over again. Never mind. It's that time. We have the people. <laughs> this is Eric from Moana. Still said this guy's dead. This is Priscilla Lima. Yes. This is Kirsten Patterson. David Clark. story. He's missing all the good years of the Clippers. We're a much better yep. team now than we were then. I'm not looking at just this year. I'm looking at the next four yeah, years. Yeah, we're really starting. You're over. listening to The Net Line <laughs> with Barney. <laughs> You didn't win, so you must not have done a good job. Hear that, Katie? And DJ Rouchet. I have great thighs. It's the Net Live right now. Thank you, Casey Patterson. Welcome to the Net Live, ladies and gentlemen. It is the 10th of November, concluding nearly year six here of the Net Live. Terry Pettit will join us today, legendary head man. (laughs) Yo, you didn't think we were serious? What just happened? College Volleyball (laughs) Weekly. We'll also have a discussion about Iran and their losing of events. And Matt Anderson comes home. We'll talk about Matt Anderson and some of the issues surrounding his choice to return to the United States. Welcome in, Kevin Barnett, along with DJ Jeremy <laughs> Ruscha. And welcome back, Katie Charles. Ooh, that's what happens when you go off the rails, Katie. You just got to start over again. <laughs> it was like halftime at a basketball game. I just saw somebody put the two thumbs up. Replay. Yeah, replay. Replay. And we're back. So we forgot something? No, no we just went off the rails. 
I we did. had to wrap it back up no, after I, the porn discussion the yeah. today. Jeremy didn't like that. I don't know why. He went all his I Mormon hit the button and we just go there. His Mormon heritage started to shine through right mm-hmm. there. I don't know. He got mm-hmm. he got a little angry and kind of stiff about the whole thing. <laughs> oh, maybe that's not a good description. Uh, oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> I want to start a third time. Just play that music. Yeah, again. exactly. <laughs> oh hell. Yeah, I uh, I traveled this week substantially. Went to Colorado on Wednesday. Did UCLA Colorado a sweep from UCLA? Now, I did a little math this week, and, and we'll talk to some of the guys about this, but I've been quoting this one on air. If anyone watching the broadcast, they got this one. But at how close the Pac-12 really is, this is how close it is. Going into the match against Colorado for UCLA, they had played 83 sets on the season. 25 of those sets had gone deuce. Deuce sets. UCLA had won 18 of those and lost seven. Okay, That is 30% of all their sets were deuce sets, a full third. Then 17 of their 23 matches, again, going to that Colorado match, had at least one, 74% of their matches featured a deuce set. Mm. 74%. And then they went deuce again, so that would be 18 of their 24 matches have featured a deuce set. Now it's 19 because they had two with Utah on the weekend. So it's two more. So now the percentage is actually going up, or maybe it's even now, but percentage is about the same. And then the percentage of total matches has definitely gone up. It's creeping 76% or something, 77. Has a deuce set in it. It's unbelievable how close the Pac-12 is. Unbelievable. Everybody likes playing extra volleyball, and the fans are getting their money's worth. Yeah, it's uh, that's crazy. Too bad you don't get paid more when it goes over time. I know. I told Jim more that yesterday. He said something about going three, and I said, that's a win for us. <laughs> well, so Jim, I get paid the same. Four sets, five sets. Yeah. There's not. Just win the first three, will you? Except for four, Cal Berkeley over there. Ooh. Oh, God. I ran into them in the airport on the way back last week. Yeah. And the kicker of it is they look good at times. Like, I've been watching, and sometimes I'm like, wow, they're really good. But it's for, like, one game at a time, unfortunately. <laughs> They've played a lot of deuce sets, speaking of yeah. deuce sets. They They've have played a, a bunch. a lot of long matches. Yeah, and, and yet the struggle continues for Cal. Don't call them Cal Berkeley, by the way. They're California. You can't. They don't like the Berkeley part anymore. Even though... Except they're a UC system school, so they have to be identified by their city because there's, like, 20 of them. They're just University of California. That's what they want to be. Should we start calling UCLA well, University of Los Angeles? No, because that, that would be the opposite, right? University of California, Los Angeles. Is right, that what it stands for? Yeah. Yeah. So why can't I call them that? University of Los Angeles? Yeah. University of... That's not the same that thing. That would be ULA. Oh, yeah, you're right. It's not going to work. Sorry. Sorry, go back you, to, you, you, call them, you can call them Cal as well, though, because they are. True. I like how I actually sent a text message to somebody, but it didn't actually send. That's just Matt Anderson. Time for a new phone. Matt Anderson denying your text message. That's really weird. He did it. It was like a preemptive strike. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. All right, whatever. Uh, let's talk about let's talk about Matt Anderson for a second. Okay. While I'm. I'll text him while you guys are reacting to this. Throw it out there for those that don't know. Matt Anderson decided to leave his club team in Russia. Mm -hmm. The article that I saw 
couple articles that I saw, a couple of people that put it out there, said in part due to depression. Mm-hmm. I have it on some good authority that maybe that side of things is overblown. Uh, maybe it's not. We're going to try and talk to Matt himself. But Matt was citing the fact that he has played constantly for several years now. And that involves being in the United States and the pressures that go along with the national team and the travel associated with that. And immediately, and by immediately, I mean like the tournament ends and you go to your club. You're at your club within a couple of days. Yep. And immediately going to club volleyball and the pressure's there. And this is a, this is a kid who continues to play well. Not even a kid. He's a young man at this point or a man. Um, he's playing very well for his club team. Came to an agreement with the club team that he would leave. He would abandon his contract. For now, I don't know if there's a possibility to return for playoffs or something, to go home and spend some time with family. And let me say off the top about this situation, I get it. <laughs> I yeah. get it. I've been there. And I understand. Uh, no matter the zeros, no matter the situation, Matt has come along at a very opportune time for the world of volleyball and getting paid a ridiculous amount of money to play volleyball. That's been good for him. He's also one of the premier players, a premier outside hitter in the world. So he's on top of that already high pay scale. So he's done very well for himself and deservedly so. And I understand people say, oh, why would you leave that contract and this and that? I can't believe. No, dude, like your mental health matters and no amount of money is worth your mental health. And whether that means that he is, as some of these reports said, suffering from depression or whether it means that you're just kind of unhappy with the way things are going and you need some personal time, you need some time to actually be a person instead of being a volleyball player, I totally understand. And Russia does not help. Isn't he like way out in the boondocks of Russia too? It's like not even near a decent city or like almost in Siberia, correct? Isn't that where Gazan is? That is correct. Yeah. Yes, it is not easy at all. Well, and quite frankly, it's a decision you'd almost like to see, you know, he considered his own happiness. I mean, he's making enough money. He's got the ability to take the time off. You know, do it. More people probably should make that decision at some point in their career. It might be beneficial to him in the long haul down the road to just take the break now when he can, and he's with a a club team that will let him come back or will let him take that that break and see if it doesn't benefit him in the long run if he wants to keep playing. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say also, too, just because you're not physically hurt, doesn't, doesn't mean, mean you don't need to take a mental break as well, too. That can be as debilitating as any physical Just ailment as well. think about that World League schedule. I mean, mm-hmm. they went U.S. to Bulgaria, back to U.S., back to, you know, they were all over the place. And they, making it the whole way through to the end, what did he have, like five days before he had to report to Russia? Probably less than that. Probably, uh, maybe, if you're lucky you have that. Good quote from Matt in this whole thing. And it was, first of all, I would like to stress that this decision has nothing to do with a conflict with any of my teammates or our coach or even with the management of Zenit. Everything here in Kazan has always been organized at the highest level. I decided to stop my career, and this is entirely my decision, because I feel tired of volleyball. Ever since I started playing professionally, I almost had no chance to see my family. And I, I don't, this is not him. This is obviously a translation some kind. Because of this, I do not feel comfortable and have been dealing with stress. This critical condition and homesickness have reached their peak before the start of the season. I thought I could stand and overcome depression, but in the end I was wrong. I will miss the remainder of the season, but I am not finished with volleyball yet. I just want to have a break. I think that this break will help get back the passion 
and love for the game. I am grateful to our fans and for all the support they provided. I hope they will understand me and my decision. Uh, yeah, it's it's really, really challenging to be a professional volleyball player. Well, look, people take sabbaticals from their jobs all the time. This is the same thing. He's just playing a sport as opposed to sitting in an office with a suit and tie. Um, he's fortunate enough that he's in a situation where he can take that time off, you know, where he doesn't, I don't know his financial situation, but I'm enough assuming if he's, that he's, yeah, he's doing that very well. He's doing that, then, you know, he can afford that time off. So, you know, and it's his world too. It's, you know, people are like, oh, he's getting paid to play volleyball. Okay, sure, but there's That's still the job. grind of all that stuff, and you're away from your family. Well, the only thing that we see is we see them playing matches. We don't see yeah, the oh, absolutely. several the hours of wait, seven yep. hours of press conferences, several hours of practice. I mean, it's it's more time-consuming than most people's full-time job. Flying coach. I mean, <laughs> unbelievable. Unbelievable. Especially in Russia. You always that fear that, you know. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> No doubt. I'm sorry, what do you mean? That the plane might not be really all that? Positive? That you might pull an ice hockey team and end up somewhere in a mountain. My phone is a complete mess. I would just like to point out that when I was typing so fast today to schedule the show, because I hadn't done one, I put the net lie instead of the net live. So it was causing, be. causing a lot of uh, commentary today. So enjoy, everybody. I'm not even going to correct <laughs> it. I'm just going to leave it like that. The net lie. <laughs> yep. So anything we say today... Uh, yeah, good or could, could not be true. Yeah, you just have to figure it out yourself. Let's take a quick break, Jeremy. Yep. We're gonna have on the other side. We'll have Terry Pettit, legendary headman there at Nebraska for not headband, headman. I said headman. I know. Yeah. Just making sure for twenty-two years. Thing. He uses up all his enunciation during his telecast. Yeah. That's right. It's over now. Freaking me out. It's all over. I just had that one joke on yesterday's broadcast, and that was all I could handle. <laughs> Never mind. We'll be yeah. back with clean ears here on the net live. <laughs>
Welcome back to the Net Live. I want to make sure you're supporting the sponsors that support this show. Go to 68clothingcompany.com and support them today. This is a brand new casual clothing company out of Seattle, Washington, where I just was last night, as a matter of fact, flying through. It is designed by a tall man for a tall man, Mark Bransma, the owner, doing great stuff up there. He's 6'8 himself. And uh, you may ask, why is it important? Anyone can make jeans longer and that sort of thing. You have to be a genius to figure it out. But the little stuff that makes six, eight different big pockets, giant zippers, things that are not like gigantic zippers, but large enough for you to handle with your hands if you are a Willy six, Wonka three and factory over. zippers. I know you're happy to have me back right now, Jeremy, because we can just six, sit here finally, and, and just stare at Look at somebody that appreciates, understands what I go through on a weekly basis. Six, three or over, you need to help your man out. I was helping out my cousin Dan Ruck this past weekend, as a matter of fact. With his zipper? He goes about six foot four, and he was wearing a shirt. With these sleeves rolled up, I said, hey, Dan, why are those sleeves rolled up? He says, oh, they don't really fit. I said, Man, I got the solution for you. 68clothingcompany.com. That's 6, the number 8, and then clothingcompany.com. Go and visit them. Put in TNL10. I'll get you 10% off of your order for yourself, your loved one, or someone that you just feel needs some fashion help. Don't be afraid to give gifts to folks that uh, you know. You know. Can't wait for the 6A clothing mascot they're going to make for us. Yes. I know what my brother's getting for Christmas. <laughs> there you go. Just make sure, even if they have, they've had some good offers out there, too. They've had some good stuff. Just let, make sure you let them know if you're using another coupon code that we've posted on our Facebook page. Make sure and let them know where you heard about 6-8 Clothing Company here on the NetLive. Can you throw that away? Because I was in your ear, and now it's really awkwardly close to no, me. No, it's over here. I'm going to put it over here. Okay. This is a reusable thing. Are you sure about that? I couldn't get much out of my ear, but we'll discuss that in a minute. Okay. We will discuss that. We have other business, volleyball business to get to. You have some music? Why does he ask stupid questions? Katie. <laughs> because he can. Okay. Maybe you should go to this man on the day of your daughter's wedding and ask for a favor. The godfather of Nebraska volleyball. You come to me on the day of my daughter's wedding and you ask me for this. From 1977 to 1999, this man led, created... And put the Huskers on the national map. 1995 national champs, 86 and 89 runner-up, six final fours, AVCA coach of the year twice in 86 and 94. He's got a new book out. We've talked to him about previous books he's written about sports and sporting activities. Welcome back to the Net Live, Terry Pettit. Terry. Hi. It's um, it's good to be on, and, and I was listening very carefully to your um, discussion about Matt Anderson. Uh, ah, okay. Um, well, actually, in the, in the in, in my book, A Fresh Season, there's a chapter called Coaching in the Black Dog. And uh, in 1984 oh, through 86, um, I suffered through two years of severe de- depression while coaching. And um, I'll talk about the downsides of it first. If you've never experienced it, uh, you can't even describe how difficult it is to um, uh, uh, really to do simple tasks, to yeah. plant tomatoes or go down to the store or whatever. But uh, it probably um, was maybe the uh, certainly the as two two good years uh, uh, that I ever had professionally as a coach because I threw myself into it as a lifeline. Um, 
and uh, so I have a great appreciation for it. It's it's um, it's a complex issue. I, I will share some things, some observations about it, though. It it frequently happens to good people, people that uh, care about other people, uh, people that uh, are sensitive, uh, people that probably um, blame their, themselves for for too many things. Um, you know, I, I don't know that, uh, and I don't have any research to back this up, but I don't know that, uh, 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 that there's that many criminals that are, that are depressed. Uh, it, it, the people that I run into, and since I wrote that, uh, uh, wrote that chapter, I've had calls from coaches around the country that have had me interact with players, uh, who have entered depression for one reason or another and it can be a, a chemical imbalance it can be a sudden uh, dramatic change the loss of a, a parent uh, loss of a spouse um, but it's it's real and the good the good news is it height it in some ways it heightens your senses um, your sense of smell your uh, you're alert to some things that you weren't alert to when you when you're normal i i can remember um driving down to a, a usav national tournament in, in wichita kansas and there was a a large electrical storm the largest storm i'd ever been a part of and normally in that situation driving through it i i probably would have been afraid but it was almost a sense yeah. of wonderment and uh almost wanting to get i, I don't know if you remember the the scene in Cool Hand Luke where Paul Newman gets out and kind of rages at God while he's standing beneath a tree in an electrical storm. Uh, uh, but but there was almost that feeling. Um, and there's also the knowledge that you'll get through it. It doesn't feel like it if it's the first time it's ever happened to you. But but if, you, if you're around people that understand it, um, you will get through it. And I, and I really think it makes you... Um, a better person having experienced it. And anyway, really? that's yes. Yeah, I, I just think you're you're more sensitive to things. Um a, a lot of times one of the characteristics of it is it's kind of anger turned inward where you where you subconsciously take responsibility for things that that um uh that maybe you don't shouldn't have as much responsibility for. So maybe a, a divorce is healthy for both partners, but you, it, it's still hard to go through that without feeling as if somehow you failed, uh, and uh, uh, or it can be even more visceral than that, the feeling like you've just been uh, like a stamp that's just been torn from another stamp it's uh uh i i wouldn't want to go through that again um but on the other hand if i did go through it again i would have a i would have the reassurance that this too is just another stage and it's it's a it's evidence that you're alive and that you're sensitive to what's going on around you um and as painful as it is, there there is some, there certainly is growth, and there's even at times some beauty and insight uh, when you're working through it. 
Well, it's interesting to hear that uh, you're go- you've had personal experience with that as well. We're going to effort to talk to Matt himself about the exact circumstances and find out how much uh, the clinical diagnosis or, or or however the word depression got to become associated with what he's doing and, and find out uh, just kind of how he's feeling about that. That's that's interesting, Terry. And Terry, you've you spent a ton of, ton of time in this sport and have a, a incredibly wide experience, but you left the Nebraska program at this point some time ago. You continue to be engaged in the sport of volleyball, and you continue to write new books. You have another one out now uh, you can tell us about. And I, I just wonder, what's the motivation here for you to continue to put out this information and remain engaged in volleyball? Well, I, I think volleyball just happens to be the subject. What 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 I'm really engaged in is writing. Um, and I don't know if other, if other people feel this way, but I, I really don't understand what I think or believe about something until I write it. And a lot of the times at the end of it, um, you know, say I, uh, for, I write columns for um, coaching volleyball and, and a, a publication in Lincoln called Hale Varsity. But a lot of times I'll, I'll enter into a, a column and really not know quite what my stance is on something until I write, I write about it. And so writing for me is kind of integrating um, uh, my thoughts on something. And the, be- and the best writing, there's a surprise at the end. I mean, I think you come out of it, um, you, you come out of it with something you didn't know was going to be there before you went in. Mm-hmm. So if, uh, you know, it's the opposite of a, of a political campaign. You know, a political campaign, you, you, you have two or three messages that you're trying to bludgeon the public with. Um, but, but I think even uh, creative journalism, and that's really what I think I'm, I'm doing, you use aspects of creative writing and apply it to, uh, to insights on anything. Uh, uh, I, I think you'll come to some, some conclusions you didn't have before. A good example would be a, um, a column uh, that I wrote a, um, a couple weeks ago for coaching volleyball, I was just, I was, I just was looking at the University of Washington statistics from from 2013, and I'd been at the Final Four, and they they had a very difficult match, um, in, in which the Penn State setter basically blew blew the match up. I'd never yeah. seen anything like that in women's volleyball, and and. I mean, the players were scattered like bowling pins, and one series of serves determined the the entire match. So I wanted to find out more about Washington and how they got there, and what I discovered was that they were far and away the best serving team in the pack uh, the Pac-12, and that they really didn't lead the conference in anything but serving. Uh, but it was it was dramatically so. I think they had. 130 some aces compared to 35 reception errors, and I had never seen a statistic like that in volleyball, where one team dominated one area like 2013. And so I began asking questions uh, about it, I, and I asked other coaches. I asked USC's McKaylee. Uh, about it, and his response at the time was, "Well, we, you know, we USC had two really good servers. Washington had six, and so I started asking around, and eventually talked with Jim, and and found out how much time they spent on it. So it's a it's a situation where 
it changed my, I mean, I've always valued serving. I always wanted to have our team be the best serving team in whatever conference we were in. But I don't think I valued it in the same way I did after after coming on that information. Uh, and, and finding out that in 2013, Washington sometimes removed their setter from the match. And, you know, Jim does everything based on statistics. But what he discovered was they were better off without a setter on the court and a great server serving. They had, In other words, they had more chances for running points in that situation. And then the, 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 the other issues that come about when you run across something like this, well, this is, a, this is a fundamental that a coach probably can have more impact on than anything else. Um, you know, whether you're coaching at high school or college or junior high, you can teach people and train people how to serve a solid serve. And uh, the discussion with Jim, Jim said, you know, we're not, we're not serving high-risk serves. We're basically serving, uh, you know, tough floaters into the seams. Um, so it, it isn't, it, you know, it was, it was kind of counter to what Penn State was doing. Uh, Penn State tends to put the ball in play with the exception uh, of the one server who serves a tough left-handed uh, right, Mike Hancock. serve. Yeah, and, and, uh, it, it, and it was interesting. Um, I thought the difference between Washington and Wisconsin in handling that serve, Wisconsin handled it up until the match was on the line, and then, and then Micah won. But you almost have to have your passers rotated and facing the sideline, the, the middle back passer and the left back passer. You can't face the setter and pass that ball when she hits the left side of the ball and moves it. Um, so at any rate, that I, that was nothing I planned on, on really writing until I just started surfing through Washington stats. I'm, I'm always curious about why teams are successful and and what's going on. Polled 100 coaches, they would all say serving's important, but but maybe only one of them actually took charge to begin and end their practice with serving and took charge to uh, make adjustments uh, uh, on lift and, and, and also put people under pressure so that they could serve just as tough right. when they're at a regional final at USC. Uh, when they came back to win, so uh, yeah, that's, so that's that's that you know that's what uh, uh, I end up writing about volleyball because it's it's part of it, but I write other things too. I I have a, a, a book of selected poems that I hope to finish um, sometime in the next year. Poems uh, about volleyball. Well, you know, there's a <laughs> there's 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 three or four in there. Um, okay. One, right. uh, one is one is on trust, and uh, one I'm I'm trying to locate. I've gone through about 25 Max uh, Apple Max during my career, and I'm I'm searching for one. The first volleyball poem I ever wrote was uh, a coach walking onto the court at the beginning of practice, and you're really you're a part of it, but you're not a part of it. I mean, the players are stretching or peppering or loosening, and and so you you are um, uh, 
I mean, there's a separation there. Um, they they have you know it's like it's like a uh, I don't know a pride of lions or something that you're walking among, and uh, and unfortunately that poem is located on a Mac that probably uh, uh, looked like a toaster, and so I'm trying to find it. Um, but um, m- most of the things uh, are not volleyball, but th- there are several that uh, have that as a subject. Um, volleyball continues to interest me from a oh a tactical standpoint. I, I get to see, uh, because I've mentored some coaches, I get to see matches at Colorado State and Northern Colorado, and I try to watch uh, uh, particularly like quite a few Big Ten matches on on television and and uh the game's changing and it's evolving and it's a it's a better game i mean there's no question it's a better game than it was uh ten years ago what's not better i i think is impacted by the by the liberal uh substitutions um what i Special think is happening yeah well what i what i think's happening is club coaches the 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 big clubs that are uh want to win uh, uh, junior nationals. I don't think they're training all-around players. You know, I, I think they, they're, their focus is winning, so they don't let a kid who's 6'5 out there play all the way around. And so by the time those kids come to college, n- now nobody's asking. Uh, 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 well, I, I'm exaggerating this, but I think most coaches aren't asking can this kid pass? And, well, let me ask you uh, this, Jerry. Along those lines, let me ask you this. I think there are kind of two different types of coaches. It seems to me there are, there are programs that utilize players and there are programs that teach players. There's teaching programs and utilization programs. Do you think most coaches you could fairly well fit into one of those two categories? Uh, see, I think the substitutions has pushed coaches – away from developing to utilization. Okay. And for several reasons. Um I don't know if you if you read the uh, book and I it's can't easier. think of the title of it but but uh, but it's on the on the brain but but every major leaguer that's not a pitcher on the Los Angeles Dodgers has vision that's 2015 or better. I mean think about that. In other words, you can't you if you're in the Dodger organization and you work your way to the majors, your vision is at 2015 or better. I think vision plays a major part in uh, passing a volleyball, tracking I'd a agree volleyball. With that. Yeah. Okay. So, you can you develop? Yes, but only if the person you recruited happens to have better than average vision. Um, the, the great hitters, Ted Williams and people like that, had 2010 or better. You know, that's one in a million. So, the uh, you know, I remember Sue Woodstra saying, I could pass from the day I walked onto the court. She had vision. So the question is, how many coaches are going to club tournaments and saying, does this kid have great tracking ability? They're not. What they're saying is, uh, what's her standing reach and does she have arm speed? So what you're what what you're seeing is a lot of misfiring, um, you know, and, and there may be a, a couple teams out there that uh, I think I think Washington is playing their outsides all the way around. But for the most part, p- 
people are using their 15 subs with the libero. And so, it's, but, uh, it's, it's not, in, in my opinion, it's not a pretty game. Not as pretty as it could be. So if you're going to a juniors tournament to recruit, you're going to carry an eye chart with you? That's the first question to a kid here. Can you can you see this? How about now? <laughs> I'll tell you what. Well, I'd say 70% of the players I recruited I'd had in camp. You know, I'd sent invitations to, and most of those players were from the Midwest, but there were others from Texas and Hawaii and whatever. And if I thought that that was important, we'd be testing every – you know, we couldn't just test <laughs> – potential recruits eyes, but we would find a way to to get some information on that to find out whether they could track whether yeah. they whether they yeah i mean you'd be foolish not to right right um, if you can identify but, that as a factor then you have to go after it terry i want you to tell us about your your new book we've mentioned some of your books before here on the on the show you mentioned you've written a new one uh give us the the topic the substance and and well and kind of the, uh, the, the, the one i'm the one i'm that came out uh Early next year is the one I'm still working with, and I've, um, it's a fresh season. And, and about half that book deals with subjects that I deal with in in uh, coaching volleyball. The um, the signature chapter, and it's about 30 pages long, is in how a building impacts a program. Um, uh, um, and in this case, it was the Nebraska Coliseum. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and how how so many architectural details influenced what was taking place. One of the reasons in my mind that the Big Ten is, is um, I think it's led the country in attendance seven years in a row, is that all but one of the schools has a dedicated volleyball facility that's in proportion to what's taking place. So you could have a great team, uh, but playing um, in a 15,000-seat basketball arena like Iowa was, um, it's pretty hard to create an environment that people want to come to. Uh, and and one of the reasons that Nebraska and Illinois and, and some teams got off to a head start in the Midwest was they were the first ones to have a ded- dedicated uh, facility. I think uh, – I don't know the pac the, the Pac-12 as well. I know Stanford played plays most of their matches in their uh, basketball facility. They used right, to play, they play in the Maples. Yep. Yeah, they used to play some in the uh, in the smaller facility. I always felt that it it was a disadvantage for UCLA to play in uh, in Poly, despite the history and all that. It I, I think it's a game that is much better served with an uh, an intimate environment. If even if you're 25 rows up, you really can't appreciate this, the the speed of the game. Um, but in this uh, in this particular chapter on the Coliseum, that building built in the 1920s, and it is still probably the best building on campus. It was built at a time when you didn't, um, you know, everything's value engineered now. So you remove art, you remove uh, certain materials. Well, that building was built along classical lines, so that people are in proportion to, to the to the building. And when you walk in and sit, you feel important. Yeah. You, you feel like uh, you're you're 
you're watching a stage. Now, Nebraska's done a wonderful job and spent millions of dollars to do it, to trans transfer that feeling over to the Devaney Center, where they're now averaging, I think, 8,400 a match. Right. Although John right. tells me the difference between the two facilities is that he felt the Coliseum intimidated teams. He feels, I think he feels now that teams are excited to be there and play, and, and uh, my response to that is the difference is, uh, yeah, Sarah pa- Pavin's not on the court, and hoteling yes. and right. that that if the if the if the talent was was his best talent, I don't know that they'd feel any more comfortable. But um, uh, I, I think architecture has a lot to do with with uh, with building a program. And if there, if there's one thing that disappoints me about NCAA volleyball across the board, and I'm sure you've read yeah. the read the the report comparing it to basketball and everything. We're at a point now where there's more women playing volleyball than any other sport in the country. We have an opportunity here, but the only conference that has really taken advantage of it to any significant degree is the Big Ten. And I think there there are reasons from that, but, I mean, uh, 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 here's another example. Um, Prior to the Big Ten, Nebraska was in the Big 12, and there were two or three top teams, and then there was everybody else. We made a move in the mid-1990s to go to Wednesday-Saturday. That changed the conference. All of a sudden, Kansas State, Kansas, Missouri, those teams got good, and they got good for a couple of reasons. One was, if you're Stanford or USC, you probably have, on a 12-scholarship roster, you probably have... 10 players that can play. If you're a developing program, you might have six. And if you only have six, you better not be playing back-to-back. Uh, it's it's much, much more difficult on the team with less talent. Right. And then what's right. even, what's just, just as critical, if you're a developing program, so let's say uh, West Virginia just came into the Big 12. If West Jeremy, Virginia yeah. had to play... Yeah. Yeah, if they have to play Friday night at home and Saturday night, they play Texas on Friday night, nobody's coming to Saturday night. Right. But if you if you play Wednesday, Saturday, you have a much better chance to to draw crowds. And uh, how, uh, ironically, the person who was the first mover on that was Nick Haley when he was in the Big 12. And yeah, I asked that- Nick, I said, well, yeah, and I said, Nick, why why have you not uh, why is the Pac-12 not gone this way? And Nick said, Well, we want to fly in small planes or or something like that. Uh, but the Pac the Pac-12 attendance would increase the minute they went to Wednesday Saturday. Yeah, they're and, driven by a lot of things, including TV. Terry, I I hate to cut you off. We got a couple other segments to get on here. We could spend another hour talking to you, I'm sure, to the delight of our fans. Uh, if people want to get your book, The New One, Fresh Season, Insights into Coaching, Leadership, and Volleyball. Yeah, just, uh, uh, that you you can get it on Amazon, but you'll get it much cheaper if you just go to, just Google my name, www.terrypettit.com. I appreciate the opportunity to, to talk with you, and uh, um, good luck. 
Thanks. We'll see you in OKC, and uh, hopefully you can sort through those 25 Macintosh computers and find the poem you're looking for. <laughs> Thanks, Terry. <laughs> Thank you. Bye. All right. Terry Pettit, legendary head coach up there at Nebraska, now living in the Colorado area, and still very much engaged in the sport of volleyball. You can tell how much he watches, how much volleyball he's he's watching. He's watching teams on Pac-12. He's watching Big Ten. He's, he's talking to coaches. This is a guy who's a, a volleyball person. And I know what you're getting for Christmas now. <laughs> Thank you. Yep. Thank you, Jeremy. There's a new uh, new picture of Jeremy enjoying the show and his new pillow there on the Facebook page. You might want to go over it. and check it out. Hey, uh, we're going to take a break here in a second, but I want to give you a recommendation, everybody. I'm not sure I did this. Maybe I did this two weeks ago, but for those that are driving around a lot, traveling, perhaps, Kelly Chuckles, if you are flying about, I want to recommend Serial, the podcast. Serial, not C-E-R-E-A-L, not Chex Mix, no, not Tricks. So not like my Fruit of the Loops? No, like Serial as in a serial killer. Okay. Okay, but Serial, it's not about a serial killer. It's actually uh, from the producers of This American Life, and it's about Sarah Koenig's investigation into a particular case. It's quite interesting. Extremely well done. I highly recommend it. New episodes come out on Thursdays. I think we're seven episodes in, maybe? So if you're traveling around, that's a, a good way to kill off some time and really get intrigued by this case. And they're finally this week getting to the part that I've been wanting to hear about for several weeks. I want to know about this guy, Jay. I want to know what, <laughs> what his role is in this whole thing. So Serial Podcast, check it out. Not like The Breakfast. Nope. Okay. Nope. Serial Killer. Gotcha. Yeah. You want to check it out. All right, let's take a break here on the Net Live. We'll be right back. College Volleyball Weekly yet to come, as well as the Earwax Report. That will uh, that will happen here shortly. We'll also discuss Iran and what they're doing over there. I, I, I know I won't be visiting anytime soon. Oh, my God. Not even allowed to visit, right? Nope. What's the matter with you people? Well, at least not allowed to attend a volleyball match. Yeah. What do you mean, Sorry. you people? You're not going to get the Democratic response from me in this one. You're going to get the Republican response on, on this particular <laughs> issue because, really... It's not okay. What you're doing is not okay. It's not, it's not some feel-good about, oh, it's just their culture and this and that. No. What you're doing is not okay. And you need to change. Basic human rights. Yes. Simple stuff. We'll be back.
I like this, Jeremy. You're welcome. Who's Who this? Is it? Oh, everybody. Oh, um, Clean Bandits, I believe is the name. Clean uh, Bandits. Uh, okay. It sounds a lot like Len with Oakenfold kind of. No, I'm deal. sorry, I lied to you. The Knox classic. The Knox. Yeah, sorry. Who are the Clean Bandits? It is this group. Hold on. Now I gotta know. Now I'm curious. Music on our, uh, you know, I love iTunes. Rather be is the one everybody knows. This song. Yeah, that's what it is. I seriously, I can get on iTunes. Oh yeah, this is a good song. Yeah. It's overplayed, but it's cool. It's got a cool beat to it. Just yeah. Oh, I got confused for a moment. It's a good song. Yeah. But I, I love iTunes because it's as though you're standing in the record store for like hours. That you can just sort of zip between stuff and recommend it, and this is interesting. And that I sometimes I'll get in a groove where I'm doing that, and just sort of listening to stuff. It's pretty cool that you can explore music in that way. I mean, dramatically redefine what what music export exploration looks like. That and SoundCloud, love SoundCloud, yep, SoundCloud too. The only thing I miss, I will go down the rabbit hole for hours online uh-huh. for new music. I mean, literally, like all of a sudden, five to job. six hours later, I'll be like, oh, I should probably eat something. <laughs> Um, you take the blue pill? Correct. But what I do miss, I do honestly miss flipping through the liner notes of album artwork. Because I like to yeah. look at other songwriters, the people that produce the track. Like I like to, mm. to look at that stuff, too, which mm-hmm. is hard to do. So online. you can cross-reference those people? Yeah. Correct. You know what would be nice? is If on iTunes, when you were looking at that album, and maybe it, maybe this is available somewhere, I just haven't seen it, that it would have those right below and you could click and go through. Can you can you well, sort you, based on that? I don't think so. But if you buy a track and you click on the info, a lot of times it has all that. the composer information stuff like that. But still But I want to be able same. to click on that and then show me what else what that else person done. has done. Because no. what a lot of people don't realize is there are folks that that just write songs for a whole bunch of different artists that are all hit songs. You're, you're thinking these artists are coming up with these songs? No, they don't no, no, no. That's no. That's pretty rare, isn't it, Jeremy, to have someone be an actual singer-songwriter and writing the majority of their own material? 100% rare. Yeah. yeah. There are good singers and there are good songwriters, and they collaborate many times. Correct, because sometimes the singer has... Sometimes the songwriter is not the best singer, and right. definitely a lot of times the singer is not close to being a good songwriter. Taylor Swift. It's a totally different set of skills. For sure. But but it's funny you say it that way, but it's not really it, – it's it's a completely separate thing. Well, I don't know. Sia, who the, you'll know her recently for that song, mm-hmm. Chandelier. Who? No. Never what, Katie, what, you know, yes, I Katie, know who you're you talking, talking about. Yes. Hear you or Sia? Sia. Oh. S-I-A. Yell Sia. I'm just, I'm just going to be Kevin for a second. Um, she <laughs> wrote a lot of songs for like Beyonce and Katy Perry and stuff like that, and then when she comes out on her own, they're like, oh, she's amazing, but it's like she has oh. done – no, no, Kevin. No, you're gonna, are you going to contribute something positive, or are All you right. just going to yell at us? No, I read an article about her. Yeah, she had like dark, like bright red hair in the article in Newsweek. Yeah, like her video, she's not really even showing her face. She's, she's cute. Yeah, uh, I like that. I'm really, really glad that's what we're worried about. Go. No, I, I like it. But no, I remember writing, the article, and she's been writing hits for people for years. Right. I was trying to be an artist on her own. It didn't really work out, and then she, not that it didn't work out, I, but I she got tired of the SIA. She got tired of all the traveling. And then David Guetta a few years ago was like, I would like you to sing on my track. And she did, and it kind of thrust her back in the spotlight right. again. Oh, that's not who I'm thinking of. This is her, though, right? That is her. See ya. Okay. That's not, I, I guess there was now. some nice pictures of somebody with dark red hair about writing for Katy Perry. Maybe it was her. Eh. Cool. <laughs> More music I don't listen to. I get all sorts of crap out here, because everything out here is pop music. You get all sorts of, like, whatever's on the radio first. Blah, what do you like? Well, let's see. So being where you're from, uh, you'd like some death metal? Yeah, you? no. <laughs> I'm a little, more little the, like, Nazareth. Love hurts. 
something like I well I I'll hear everybody's like oh your music taste is so odd and I think I'm just used to like smaller what, what alt rock like? bands and so you you need to go to uh, Sirius XM alt a lot of alt Sirius channel on there. I listen to just stuff on Pandora if you know the right people I love Pandora and we just introduced my father to so Pandora my mother is give me a group give me a, now you're putting her on the spot yeah give me give me a group you're into right now give me some alt group Pandora by the way I still love it I'm a big fan of the Head and the Heart Head in the Heart. The head and the heart. Oh, yeah. the head and the heart. Anything you say right now, Kevin's going to be like, huh? huh? <laughs> Look up a song called Another Story. Another Story. All right, I'll check It's a whole group of people. This looks like... Uh-huh. Uh, from Idaho. It's a tiny little band. <clears throat> Idaho? Uh-huh. Don't they raise llamas there? Don't they name them Tina? This this reminds me of that group... Uh, oh, what the hell's the name of it? From Pennsylvania. Had the hit in the 90s. Send me on my way. Hey! Rusted Root. Uh, Rusted Root. That's what they look like right here. Thank you. Funny Rusted story root. for a concert in college. Rusted Root played Juniata. <laughs> <laughs> Rusted yep. Root at Juanita. Very good. I like that. All right. All right. Let's talk about Iran. Let's let's be a little serious here for a minute. Uh, this we flipping the 180 right there. Nine seven two. Oh well, we got to do that too. Oh, college yep. volleyball week. No, nope, they just hung they up. just hung up. They just hung up. Yeah. As soon as you said we're talking Iran, they're like, click. Yeah, we're gonna talk about Iran for a second. Eleven fifteen. College volleyball weekly coming up. Uh, Iran. Talk Iran. They yeah. have banned. Oh, there he is. They have banned women, and this isn't just volleyball, but from attending volleyball matches held in Iran. Now, mind you, it was a male match. Yeah, a men's match uh, held in Iran. And Not boys. Have, <laughs> sorry. And they have banned women from attending the matches because they don't. They don't want men and women mixing. This is a. Their rationale was to Islam. keep her from. Being harassed by male fans was one of the things that they were talking about. Firefox 33.1 is available for update, <laughs> according to your, according to your computer, Kevin. All right. Yeah, they they didn't want to expose her to the pra- the depravity of the male fans. Okay. So instead, I I'm not even sure where to start and not get myself in trouble with this area of the world, and and the way that they view people and humanity. And there's there's a couple of schools of thought. One on one side says these people are completely ridiculous. They're stuck in the Stone Age. They're a mess. The whole Sharia law, Islamic law, that whole view of the world is absolutely incorrect. The other side of it says, well, people are entitled. It's their own sovereign country, and that's just what they believe there. And and it's all, you know, it's not really right, but but that's how it is. And it's a very Birkenstocky type view of it. Then what's the line? Like, if stoning people to death or women to death. For, Honor killings? Yeah, like, what's the line then? Like, that's not okay, but banning her from volleyball is okay? You know what I'm saying? Like, where do you draw the... Right, if you're a feel-good basic, person... Basic human rights yeah. type deal. Yeah, exactly. And that it's her fault if guys are hitting on her. I love that rationale. A victim blaming at its finest? For sure. Yep. Yes, Jay Hasek, Birkenstocky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I... It is hard for me not to, like, jump on this one. Correct. And if you've watched Bill Maher recently, which I do, so that may give you some idea where I'm at, but if you've watched Bill Maher recently, you have seen the problem right now with saying anything negative about Middle Eastern countries, Islamic beliefs, Muslim beliefs, in the Muslim world right now, in that Bill Maher was trying to make a, a not even delicate point, trying to make a basic point about some of the ways that the populations of these mostly Muslim countries in the Middle East feel 
about other people and leaving the religion and whether it's okay to kill people and harm people and that, that kind of thing. He was trying to make the point about the polls that have been done and how these folks have responded. And it gets met with this this backlash and this vitriol from Ben Affleck and then another another woman the following week on the show or two weeks later <clears throat> with you're being you're being racist. You hate Muslims. You're casting Muslims with the the uh the glow of the extremists of this. Well, he's referring to exactly them, not the point. And referring to them as like the mafia and stuff like too that people were getting upset about. Yeah, and it, we're not talking about that. We're talking. It, it's he's trying to make an actual point, and so it, it's a really talk about going down a rabbit hole. Yeah. This is something where you go down a rabbit hole, and I don't really particularly care to, uh, other than to say <clears throat> they've arrested this woman for attending a, a match. Right? They put her in jail for five months. Now, an Iranian court has sentenced her to prison essentially for a year. Time served, so it's going to be another seven months or so, uh, all the way to July. And and it's for volleyball. I saw Italian players holding a free. Uh, I'm not sure I'm getting her name right. Gonche, Gonche Gavami, I believe is her name. She's a, a London uh, educated. I think she lived in London mm-hmm. as well, but she's a reporter, and they, they want her freed. It's just a, another appalling example to me of what's going on in that area of the world. And I would like to quote Syriana here, as maybe I've done on a show before, because I really like the quote from Syriana. Matt Damon is out in the desert with the the prince, whatever you know, of that of that region, uh, and he he says, "A hundred years ago, you guys were out here running around the desert, cutting each other's heads off, and nobody cared. In another hundred years, you're going to be out here running around the desert, cutting each other's heads off, and nobody's going to care. The only reason anybody cares about that area of the world is oil." Without it, would we even know that this was happening? No. Would anyone care that this was happening? No. Well, the biggest issue to me now is well, what they were talking about is like uh, banning back to the volleyball, banning volleyball, the FIVB having events over there. Well, that's what's happened. So with the furor that has gone on, the FIVB has said that they're not going to allow them to host underage stuff, which they have been doing. They, ho- they were supposed to host the U19 championships coming up next year. They've taken that away. And I love the quote from the Iranian head of volleyball. He says, we, we don't know the real reason why this has happened. We are awaiting the real reason. Yeah. Uh-huh. I'll okay. The real reason. Uh, but then they're still, the FIVB is still going to allow Iran to host World League next year. And mind you, their team has been rising. Their team is very good. Uh, I'm, I'm totally impressed with their team. And he said, the FIVB has said, the fixtures are already confirmed, so we cannot take those matches away. That's a cop-out. 100%. You could take those matches away. 100% you could take those matches away. There's plenty of other countries that would happily take it. Get some courage. Well, and look, that team was just here recently, and, you know, Spraw had nothing but great things to say about them and their experience here in the United States, and I'm sure, you know, we're not saying that the team feels this way, that women shouldn't be allowed in, but then you feel bad punishing. I feel bad punishing athletes for for certain political things, but when people can't come to your match, you somebody needs to be punished. And the fact that they're having World League next year really bothers me. They're punishing for other things, but oh, but you can have this one last thing, and maybe it'll be swept under the rug. That's how I look at it. Right, right. They'll release her, and they'll go. I mean, this is an issue that's so much bigger than volleyball. Uh, and and you get you can delve into so much of the geopolitics of. 
oil and human. Uh, well, the other thing too for Woodley, do those kinds of the things. other countries' teams? Do they, if they come together and say we're not coming over there, that's possible. They will change venues. No, it's possible, and and you could boot Iran out for what they're doing. Yep. But you're dealing. I mean, okay, we're talking about one volleyball match. You're dealing with something that is so much bigger than a volleyball match. This is not an, a for sure. volleyball problem. This is a problem that is far bigger and, quite honestly, not solvable by the sport. So it's a weird position for the team. But you can start somewhere. It's always got to start somewhere. And for some reason, sports and political actions, civil rights actions, like those things, like sports kind of bring that stuff to the limelight sometimes. Right, you can bring attention to it. Yeah, like if she got kicked out of a grocery store, we're not going to be hearing that in the volleyball world. Well, these are countries where you don't let women drive. You stone people to death. No. There are honor killings. People throw acid to the face of women routinely. Routinely! It's just... It's one more reason not to go there. I, I... so the net live is not going to Iran for World League next year. We will not will, be in Tehran. I will take that off of my calendar. The net live Tehran. Take it off your calendar. Yeah. I just I, it infuriates me the way that they treat people in that region of the world and that they think it's okay. Infuriates me. The reasons for which they, they do it too also gets to my own political leanings, my own human beliefs yep. in religion and so on. Makes it even worse. Because they justify it in in. Uh, I think in about religion. that stuff sometimes. Like, well, go ahead, Katie. We do a pretty horrible job of justifying what we do to women in this country too. So agreed. But it's better. Uh, it's better, but agreed. One hundred percent agreed. Define better. I mean, yeah, we can drive cars and do other things, but we're paid less. We're treated like we don't matter. Our fetuses have more rights than the woman who's carrying. I mean, things along those oh, lines. Where I said we're going to go down the rabbit hole. This is going to be way down the rabbit, which is why I've been sitting here quietly not saying it's anything. Like, la, but la, 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 la. <laughs> I mean, it's it's one of those things where you you know we have this righteous indignation at other countries for the way they treat people, but we treat people pretty crappy here. True. Well, yeah, we, we have poor, a long, crappy. We, treat we have a long ways horribly. to go. That's for sure. And we're, that, we're not know, stoning anyone in the square, though. That's we're not true. holding public beheadings. That's true. We're not cutting people's hands off. I'll email you an article later about how we treat women in the United States in some facets. You'll be interested to read it, I think. Well, I'd like to talk about the way I'm treated around here by my wife. Let's talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now we're really out of the... No, no, no. No, she's uh, in the car driving home right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, you didn't, Kevin. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was just joking. I come next week. Jeremy's like, what's with the cast? Like, I, yeah. I fell down the stairs. <laughs> I, I tripped at the top yeah. of the stairs. No, I, there's, there's plenty of work to do. I, this is something that strikes to, to my personal dislike in so many different ways of the way things are run there. Well, if it leads to a bigger discussion of women's rights as a whole, I think it's, you know, it's, it's horrible, and I think it stinks that that's happened. And, I, and, you know, for volleyball to be tainted by something like this really bothers me a lot. But, you know, when does it become more than us just sitting here saying, oh, I don't like that? When does, does an action happen in terms of, you know, does the FIVB ever take a stand? Or does USA Volleyball say, hey, we're not going to Iran for World League? Or, you know, when does we say, oh, we don't like that this happened in our sport? Oh, too bad. Well, we're going there anyway. So No, know. that's, like I said, it's the other, other people have to put pressure on you for change. So it's the other countries that have to say, we're not sending our teams. Unless you guys change, we're not sending everybody. Because really, let's be honest, money talks. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. 
We could affect with people's money. A, we could have a whole other tournament. I mean, there's teams that don't want to go. I mean, who, first sure. of all, who wants to travel to Iran for a World League? We could have them here at the home court. Have them at home court. <laughs> Somebody will step up. There won't be any fans because it's the U.S., so nobody will show up. But other than that... Guard I mean, Hoff will be there. <laughs> Kudos to the FIVB for doing something. But you need to do more. You can do more. Quit wussing out. Well, and if the FIVB won't, That's then the, the member countries sure. should. All right. Agreed. Let's go to the, the college football with me here. Rosenthal's getting all grumpy. <laughs> getting text messages over there? Yeah. Just <laughs> crazy. In association with the American Volleyball Coaches Association, we here at the Net Live like to present the College Volleyball Weekly, a look at what was and a look at what will be in the world of college volleyball. We're coming to it. Six matches remain both teams inside the Pac-12. Six conference matches to go, and it will be on. The field of 64 will be set, and the journey to Oklahoma City will begin. Let's bring in our correspondents. We have Brandon Rosenthal and Vinny Lopes. Uh, we only have one right now. Well, we have Brandon Rosenthal. Vinny Lopes will call in a second. We'll oh, have hold on. Here we go. go. There we here go. We See, go. we can count on Vinny. All right. Here we go. What's up, gents? Hey, guys. How are you, boys and girls? Or girls All and right. boys. I should have said girls and boys with the way that conversation was going. <laughs> I don't want to be lumped into that category. <laughs> Katie, make sure Barnett pays for your lunch today because he pays for Roche's lunch every week. I don't want him <laughs> being hung out to dry here. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a male only lunch that we have. It's men men's time at lunch. Listen, Rosenthal. Uh, all right, let's get to this here, Vinny. I'm going to ask you first about Stanford. They win both matches, but it's three two both times. Holy cow, it's getting close. Tell me. Washington defeats Oregon 3-0, and then which is the best team out of these two? Give me give me a call on who's better, Washington or Stanford. You know, if I had to pick right now, even though even though they won less impressively than Washington did, I would still pick Stanford when they meet head-to-head. That would be my take. But these are, without a doubt, two of the top teams in the nation. I mean, we've already established that they're going to likely get the number one num- number. Hence, two they're one overall. and two rankings. Yeah. You can't say yeah. that when they're one and two. <laughs> we know that already. Yes, they are one and two. No, you know, but I think it does speak volumes also just how deep the pack the Pac-12 is this year. And I was just kind of looking um, earlier today, kind of RPI and starting to play kind of the bubble game. You have 10 teams right now in the Pac-10, or Pac-12, excuse me, that realistically have a shot to make the NCAA tournament, and we're in the middle of November. All right, the match against Arizona State, 25-11, 25-16. First two sets go to Stanford. Then it's 25-22, 25-22, Arizona State, then 15-11. I don't know. That looks to me like maybe a case of of a team falling asleep a little bit in the Cardinal. I got to look up the next match, but Rosenthal, what's what's your opinion on these two teams? They won, and that's all that matters. I, I hate, I, you know, okay. it's, it's a tough thing to do. You know, <clears throat> here's the deal: Arizona, Arizona State. If they beat Stanford, their year is it's it's like a brand new year for them. Okay, it doesn't matter what's happened before. Doesn't matter what's happened. You know, going to happen beyond that. It's a brand new year, so every time Stanford goes out and plays, they've got that kind of on their back. It doesn't matter who they play. Uh, And at the end of the day, they've got to find a way to win. You can dissect it all you want. Oh, well, they were up 2-0. doesn't matter. They won. 
they're getting everybody's best. No doubt about it. And it's hard to win. It's hard to win. And and that's what people don't realize that you're you know, you're talking about a team that's twenty four and O and fourteen O in conference. Uh don't dissect it. This is you know, like like Vinny said, Stanford, Washington, two of the top teams. He's also going to tell you that they're both going to make the tournament. <laughs> and uh, and they'll be yeah. seated. They'll yeah. be seated. They're going to play at home the first round. Uh, what else? Hey, He's uh, probably also going to predict a first-round win by both of them. How about that? Regardless that, of that, who they play. That's pretty bold right there. That that might be a little too soon to make make that prediction. But uh, All right. We, All right, we'll, no, we'll wait for the exit polls to come back. Um, listen, listen here. I have a question, though, Vinny. Seriously, uh, we, well, we've made a lot of Stanford being 24-0, Washington being 25-0. What right. we haven't made as much of in recent times is that Florida State is 24-0 and 11-0 in the Atlantic Coast. In the AC. Yeah, it says 11-0 here. But okay. whatever. They're undefeated, okay? They're, they've won 24 matches in a row as well. Are they being undervalued... Or are they valued just fine, and we're looking at what Washington and Stanford are doing because of the conference they are doing it in as something extra special? Yeah, I think that, I mean, Florida State's receiving tons of respect. I I think they hit the nail on the head right there at the end. Just we are enamored right now with this whole thought of, you know, this great showdown at the end of the season between Washington and Stanford. And, you know, because of that, yeah, you know, we're maybe not paying as much attention to Florida State is the conference that they play in, even though the ACC is still a really good conference. It's not the Pac-12. And, but so from my standpoint, I think that we're paying a lot of respect to Florida State, but it's definitely not getting all the hype that the potential showdown that Stanford and Washington's receiving. I'm looking at Texas. We didn't get to hear from Eric Sullivan this week because Texas has been winning, so we don't talk to him. Only when they lose do we get anyone on the show. Uh, that's why he's only also, listened to the show once, right? That's right. We've got uh, we've got two Big Ten teams up there, Wisconsin and Penn State. Uh, Rose, if you take these, let's say, top six teams here, you're looking at Stanford, Washington, Florida State, Wisconsin, Texas, and Penn State, and we played a round-robin tournament. We throw them into a pool of six. How does this go? Who wins Who wins this thing if it's a six-team tournament? If it looks like the men's tournament and you just took the top six? Yeah. Um. <clears throat> My vote would be for Penn State. I think they've been there more times. I think, again, we talked about this last year. It's hard to look at this week uh, because Penn State played the bottom part of their conference. But if you look at what they do score-wise, I mean, the last time they lost a set was, you know, mid-October. You know, Um, Penn State's the team. You know, when they get into this time of year, you watch their scores. Um, it's not going to just be, you know, that they're winning. They're winning with style, if you want to call it that, uh, which is contrary to what I just said. But uh, over the past is, couple of years, this has been their trend. I told you guys this last year. Uh, about this point, with like – four or five weeks left, I said, look at what Penn State's doing score-wise. That's a right. team that's building uh, to the end. And, and they uh, Yeah. You know, but, again, yes. I don't think you can go wrong with any of these teams. I think 
going back to what you asked of Vinny, Stanford, Washington State deserve to be there. The Pac-12 is better than the ACC. ACC is a great conference. I think they are the fourth best conference in the country. Okay, behind they might even be they might even be working up into the third. You've got uh, you're gonna argue okay, Big Ten, Pac-12. Now, if you, even if you're the fourth best conference, that's great. But what if I take the Washington State Cougars and I put them in the ACC? Do they win the ACC? Yes. Washington, Washington State? No, 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 no. Yeah, I'm sorry. I thought you said Washington. <laughs> no. no. I was like, no. Do they compete? Yeah. For the for the championship. Yeah, they compete. I mean, you're talking yeah. about you're talking about Florida State at three, North Carolina at eight. You throw Duke in there. Where's Duke? Duke is uh middle of the pack somewhere here. Twenty uh, fifth. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Then well, you got. Uh, I understand your choice of Penn State, but how good is the Big Ten? If you're looking at the way things have been going in that conference, the traditionally strong teams aren't doing so hot. Yeah, and, True. And, Katie, that, that, that's a great point you bring up. And you even look at the RPI and some of the results that are coming out right now. This well, might be one of the lower years in terms of the number of Big Ten teams that make the NCAA tournament. I mean, how crazy is it? Right now, Purdue's a bubble team after that loss to Iowa. Purdue is going to basically need to win at least four of their five remaining matches to remain in the hunt. And you're looking at the Big Ten potentially only getting four to five teams in the NCAA tournament this year if things play out a certain way. You know, Michigan, Michigan State, Minnesota have been yeah. staples in no the tournament the last couple of years, and none of them look good right now. Yeah. I mean, it's... I'm looking at Duke's schedule here. And, and just to, to make the point about I think the Pac-12 has gotten better this year. And while you may be the fourth conference, I'm looking at the schedule here, and there's not a lot of notable teams – in Duke's schedule, in their in their wins here. I mean, they lost to Stanford. They played Stanford. They lost three uh, one. Michigan is on here. Michigan State, and they they split those both in five. Uh, but but past that, eh, I'm not I'm not enamored with what's going on. No, I agree with you. What I'm saying yeah. is though, you asked me, does Washington State win it, win the ACC, and that includes Florida State, right? Yeah. Okay, no. How is Washington State going to beat Florida, Florida State? Yeah. I, I, I shouldn't say I that. I shouldn't. I, the way I've seen Washington State. I, I've not seen Florida State. My my question is how much better is the number one conference than the rest Florida right State, now? I've seen them play a couple times, at least on TV. And I would say for both Florida State and for the University of Florida, which are two teams that I think are very strong in their conferences, they haven't really played anybody who's going to push them the way the top of the pack or the Big Ten will have had by the time they get to tournament time. So it's going to become an issue. That even not Florida State have. played Nebraska, Iowa State, Florida, Marquette. Yeah, but I mean, not those are the beginning of well, Yeah, but they can't play them since then because they're in conference play. I mean, it's, you can't. Well, that's, that's we have this point. argument all the time with Barnett. Once you get into conference season, it, it's – the season is set, so they went out and they did what they were supposed to do, you know. Before <clears throat> they beat people from the Big Ten, they beat people from uh, the SEC. Not only the SEC, the top of the SEC. They beat Florida, LSU, Auburn, Texas A&M twice, um, you know, and now they're undefeated. I, well, all right, I'm looking I'm here saying. at Florida. 
and they they beat SC, but SC was a complete mess. It was September twelfth. It's basically preseason, and and I'll give that to anybody. But but it, it counts the same though, even if yeah, it's I a understand. late season game when it comes down to the selection committee. No matter where when the match is being played, when you look at RPI, the only factor that's taken into account are those final ten those final ten games. Final ten games, right? Turns, and the point yeah. I was attempting to make was, I think Florida State is really good, but the question is that if they haven't played anybody that's going to push them, like, they're going to deserve a top-four seed, no problem. They've proved it. They beat the people they needed to beat out of season, their strength of schedule. The question is, how ready are they going to be for that tournament when it's tournament time? Because Go back and look at... I agree with you. I agree with you 100%. Florida. But here's where... Here's where now, do, they, do they have a Florida-Florida State matchup at the very end of the season again this year like they've done before? Sometimes... They try to get no, that they have match. a Miami matchup. Did they? Yeah. Here's where I'm going uh, to go a little bit deeper. Look at Chris Poole's record in the NCAA tournament. Okay. Okay. That's, <clears throat> that's going to be the selling factor is the guy can coach volleyball. And not only just volleyball, he coaches really well in the NCAA tournament. I'm looking it up. I'm efforting. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not trying to devalue Florida State at all. I'm asking the question, conference strength versus conference strength. Because, yeah, you can only play who you have. I don't think the conference strength is as big of a factor with anything except for being tested come NCAA time at the end of the year. Because, I, I mean, we've watched Penn State. They, they get tested in the Big Ten. And we've watched Penn State, and I've complained about Penn State and who they're playing. But Penn State last year, I gave them all the credit in the world for what they did. They finally sent a a real team in Utah who had had a good season, who had big athletes, who could have been a threat, out there to play Penn State, and Penn State absolutely dismantled them. And then Penn State showed up in this national semifinal and absolutely dismantled Washington. On their home court. And Took their them home court, basically. apart. Yeah. And, and, and dealing with the time zone factor with that match being basically played at midnight on their time. Yeah, I mean, crushed them. It was ugly. I, I, you walk out of the building going, ugh. ugh. Let's just say the matches that night were in reverse of what we thought they were going to be. We thought the exciting one would be Penn State-Washington, and the not-so-good one would be Wisconsin-Texas, and that <laughs> did not happen. No. So I'm not devaluing what what's going on at the top of some of these conferences and, and what these folks are doing. I'm merely asking the question, you know, top to bottom, what are we looking at uh, as far as competition? If you put California and you put Washington State into the ACC, they're title contenders in those conferences. Oh, they're middle of the pack in those conferences. I would, yeah, really. I would say. Oh, okay. I can I can go Solidly with that. To the, like, yeah, they're going to beat a Boston College, or they're going to beat you know some of those teams in the the bottom middle end. I think they don't get past Duke. I don't think they get past. They definitely don't get past Florida State. All right, Vinny. What was on your What was on your radar this week? What interested you? Something we haven't touched on so far. Right. Well, the big thing for me that I'm really keeping an eye on are really this NCAA at-large bubble. So when you kind of take your RPI that comes out, you're really looking at the teams where it goes, say, 30 through 50. And I'm really keeping an eye on those results because that's really where things are going to be interesting. The team that kind of had a helter-skelter weekend at the end was Hawaii. They lost at home to Long Beach State, but were able to bounce back, get a very nice victory against Cal State Northridge. And, you know, I know a lot of people were freaking out in volley talk saying that win alone saved their at-large hopes. I wouldn't necessarily go that far, but if you're Hawaii, you only have four matches left. None of them are against teams in the top 
top 100 of the RPI, you need to win out and take care of business in those matches to remain in this conversation to get an at-large bid. So for me, that, that was the big thing that I really saw in kind of that big West showdown. Rosenthal, what about you? It was, it was LSU and Texas A&M. LSU, same type of thing, uh, is coming down the stretch here. Not that they were a bubble team, but they were kind of on the verge uh, being in that area there, and they don't have another opponent that's going to help them. Um, at the point, they only had, I think, one top 50 win. And the you know the committee looks at that stuff. So, you know, getting that win against Texas A&M on the road was huge, 15-13 in the fifth. You know, what's left of their schedule is Tennessee, Mississippi State, Missouri, who's not having a great year, Auburn, and South Carolina. Again, five matches, not one of those teams is in the mix. So LSU getting the victory at Texas A&M was huge this past weekend. All right, what about this upcoming week? Vinny, what are we looking at? You know, for me, this upcoming weekend, I think the one of the big matches in the Midwest that I'm going to want to keep an eye on is going to be that Ohio State-Illinois game. Ohio State's floating at about 22 right now in the RPI. They want to get a statement win to possibly put themselves in contention to be a top 16 seed for the NCAA tournament. So I think that's going to be really interesting. I'm also really intrigued to see Cal State Northridge, not only this week, but continuing down their remaining six matches. You know, they had such a great start to the season, got that huge victory at home against Hawaii, but since then they've lost four of their last five matches. They're plummeting in the in the RPI. They're on that at-large bubble right now, so I'm really, really intrigued. And then sticking on the West Coast as well, the other match I'm really going to be intrigued to see here this week, it's midweek, is going to be Loyola Marymount versus Santa Clara. Two teams what? that are once again right on that at-large bu- bubble. It'll be really interesting to see what happens at when they play and meet. Way to go deep on that one into the WCC. Very, very nicely done, Vinny Rosenthal. It's Florida State. Florida State goes on the road, takes on Duke and North Carolina. Um, <clears throat> Back-to-back days, so again, 13th and 14th, it's going to be a tough test for them. Uh, I, It will be interesting. I think we'll know a little bit more about Florida State after this weekend. We're talking about, you know, getting pushed. Uh, staying in the southeast, you got to look at the matchup of the year for the SEC on Sunday. It's Florida going to Kentucky. Should be an interesting one, just kind of like the Pac-12. Stanford and Washington only play once. Florida and Kentucky only play once this year. So it should be interesting. What's interesting, even delving deeper into this matchup, is the fact that uh, Florida plays a midweek match at home and then has to travel to Kentucky, whereas Kentucky plays a Friday night match at Ole Miss and then has to come home. Uh, So the travel schedule right here is going to come in play. Uh, Unfortunately, too, for volleyball and, and, you know, the growth of it, Florida – or excuse me, Kentucky's men's home opener is at the same time as this match. So less than a mile away, uh, the Kentucky basketball team will be playing at the same exact time. So both on uh, ESPN and SEC Network, but uh, unfortunately uh, I think the uh, women's volleyball crowd is going to be a little bit less than it should be uh, typically because of that game. Oh, they're playing some knockdown 
garbage match, some garbage game for the basketball. I imagine if they're opening up, they open with the same way that uh, that football opens up with, with like Coppin State or somebody they're just going to beat down. Yeah, but it's it's different when you're talking about Kentucky basketball. These are the people right. that camp yep. out for weeks just to get midnight madness tickets. This is right. this is something completely different than just another basketball team. Well, at Kentucky Midnight Madness, there's no way that a volleyball player could outdunk the entire Kentucky team. It's not like it's Pepperdine or something. They play right. Grand Canyon. And Grand by the way, they play Grand Canyon. Florida State is 12 and 0, so uh I need you to check your facts. Well, that's the ABCA. They need to check their facts. They're also missing Oregon beating Washington State in here. I don't Well, that would be a top 25 match, I guess. Maybe that's in Do you have somewhere. a new poll or are you just stringing us along? I'm waiting on the poll, brother. All right. I thought you were just slow playing. You have to hang on the line for a little longer. So stringing you along. Yeah, it should have been here, but uh, apparently ABCA made a story of my life right here. A day early. I think that's what they're doing. That's what they're doing. All right. Brandon Rosendahl, Vinny Lopes. Thanks, guys. Talk to you later. Can't wait to see you guys in OKC. Yeah, buddy. Nice. All right. right. Later. Later. So sad to miss that. You're not going to be at OKC, Katie? Well, you can blame my friends who decided to get married in New Orleans three days before Oklahoma City. So well, New Orleans, that's not bad. Won't be terrible, but I've got a wedding to attend and then a cross-country flight to Pennsylvania for the holidays. New Orleans turns to, out, to Pennsylvania is not cross-country. No, I'm going to New Orleans you know. back to L.A., and then I've got three days before I turn around and fly back to Pennsylvania. Sounds like my schedule. Yep. Okay. Turns out a stopping in Oklahoma City would have cost me like $1,500 in plane tickets to get. Totally worth it. <laughs> Oh, you're footing the bill for it? So I should no. send it to you? What was that? Yeah, I mean, you can send it to me. <laughs> <laughs> send it to me all you want, Katie. I'll call in me. from the fireplace at my parents' Perfect. house. Uh, <laughs> all right. My father yells When you call in and Kevin and I are arguing because he thinks I'm the tech guy on the show, and he realizes <laughs> I just play music, and he doesn't understand why the show's not working. And I'm like, I have no idea, Kevin, I'm not a technical guy. You work on a computer all day long and mix beats. How do you so not know anything you, about the computer? You still don't know what you're doing. People call me when their iTunes are jacked up. They're like, hey, you're really? a DJ. I, my iTunes aren't working. I don't, what, what's going on? I I'm, don't know. I'm going to do that next time. It's too. your iTunes on your computer. Take it to the genius bar, people. Here's what you need to know about iTunes. Just like the CD player in your car. If there's no CD in it, no music is going to come out of it. Here, wait a minute. Okay. Wait a minute. Jerry, take off your headset for one second, please. I don't know what's happening right now. Take off your headset. Be afraid. All right. We're going to need. Let's see. I need a decent background here. So maybe the red background. Just All right. Look at me. Look at me. Smile. (laughs) Smile, please. If you could only see what's happening in our studio right now. Okay. All right. I'm going to have a little Photoshop fun as soon as the show is over and... uh, I don't know. Mine, too. What's wrong with you, Kevin? something weird. See? Technical issues. Sorry, Katie. Last time Katie was here, I was running over my cord and getting really mad about it. Yeah, it's definitely my fault. Just go with that. (sighs) Katie Charles, what is going on in the world of club coaching? And why are you coaching 8th grader or 6th graders or whoever you're coaching? What is going on with you? Technically, I coach three teams. I'm in charge of our middle school program, so I run our 8th grade team and ever see our 7th grade. Who is we? What is the middle school program? I am at the Marlboro School in Hancock Park. Wait. Marlboro School. Yeah. Really? Is that next to the Camel Academy? Where is that? Yeah. Can I just yeah. take a guess on what your mascot is or what the billboard is outside? Let's, a huge cigarette. Oh, for sure. A huge cigarette with legs. Some... God, you guys are so original. I've never heard that before. Oh, I can't Katie. imagine anybody ever. Do Academy. I need to mute Katie, too? Is she mad? Do I need to mute Katie now? Because <laughs> hey, I'll mute her. Katie's not mad. Hey, Katie's Camel fine. College. That's original. No one has ever said There's Camel College. There's a Camel College Hall too. up there, by the way. Camel Hall? Camel. Really? Camel. Oh, Camel. Oh, like Camel. Kelly Chuckles was coming today, not Katie Charles. What about the Winston Pool? Do you have the Winston? 
Winston Ultra's pool or something? No, I'm, I'm at the Marlboro School. It's an all-girls private school in uh, Hancock Park, Beverly Hills area. So, How do you feel about the all-girls school? Is that a good idea? You know, I actually, our girls love it. It's, you know, nationally has a reputation. It's one of the top private schools in the country. Um, our The girls, when they do social events or have dances and stuff, it's Loyola is kind of the boys' school that's associated with us. And so they do a lot of stuff together. It's not, the girls don't mind it. I think it's great. It's the school I chose to work at because I like the school and I'd worked with them at the college level, students that came from there. So I like it. I, don't, I guess it doesn't really matter to me. I wouldn't have wanted to go to an all-girls school, but my kids love it. So I would have wanted to go to an all-girls school. <laughs> of course you would have. Would have, Jeremy? Do you know how long I was waiting to say that? Like I was just waiting for my moment. <laughs> <laughs> you look like you were hanging on in anticipation over there. But Somebody say it. Somebody I mean, say it so I can throw this out there. Can I go to an all-girls college, please? That would just be bad news oh, for the girls. But, yeah, I mean, it's, I'm working with a lot of kids that are way, way smarter than I am So as eighth graders. That's a little intimidating. Huh. That's challenging. That's good, though, Katie. Makes you have to be on your game. Yeah, the kids, they're geniuses. Like, literal geniuses. It's, it's the hardest school to get into in Los Angeles for girls. So. Uh, Jay Hasek is on fire right now on the chat board with jokes about the uh, Marble Academy, <laughs> the Camel Academy, located next to Newport. It's Camel Don't College. worry, he threw the same ones out there when I was at their house a couple weeks ago. Spells so. cool with a K. <laughs> Hasn't really... <laughs> <laughs> not coming up with anything original or oh, that I haven't it's, heard. It's, it's original week. for us. So. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome, like Jay. When, when are we going to see Jay? When are we going to see you next? Isn't there like a Christmas trip? He has to come out here and surf or something like that. It did cool off today, so the weather has cooled. Mind you, it was so ninety wear, over the last week. I have week. to wear a jacket. It was nice and cold. Washington State yesterday was like forty and rainy. It was a little chilly. Uh, Coach Hula, I'm well aware that it says the net lie on our on the blog talk page as opposed to the net live. Um, I decided to leave it after it was brought to my attention. I found it entertaining, <laughs> so I decided to leave it. And Jay, if you say you're in studio on the 14th, I'm pretty sure that's a Sunday, so you're gonna be by yourself. Yeah, or no, Kev- no. Kevin will be here. <laughs> Kevin will be here. It won't be a show. Be a show. The <laughs> studio is at my house. Yeah, yeah. Jay, we, we can still sit out back and you know drink some beers or whatever, but. Yeah, there we go. Is that I'm, December 15th? Oh, my God. We'll all be in the house. If we can just get reading here, it'll be a... Who? Yeah. Who? Who? I'm not sure who you're speaking about. Oh, my goodness. The ma- the what it, What was he called when he was wearing the mask? What did Gardhoff call him? The, something to do with Phantom something. of the Opera? Yeah. Phantom of the Outside Hitter? Yeah. Where's Pretty? You promised me he'd be on the show today. Yeah, Ken Steffes. I don't know. I, I get random calls from Ken Steffes nowadays, by the way. Is this Hasek right. calling in right now? Who's 814. I'll put him on. Who cares? Jay. Somebody show. from Pennsylvania. Jay. I get the who cares. That's what I get. <laughs> After all my years of dedicated service, I get a eh, who cares. Let's put him on. <laughs> <laughs> That's Jeez, fine. We're not doing anything else. Just put Jay on the phone. <laughs> how the how the mighty have fallen. How are how is everybody doing? I miss talking to every single one of you. I miss being here you. We are good, but sadly, I am not yet deep, dark, and amazingly brown like the Maui Babe lotion that you sent us here. Your your buddy sent us. We're looking at this stuff. It's uh, I got to get out of the box, though, Jay. To be yeah. honest, Can you, you might want to use it before you worry about that. <laughs> and Jay, exactly. might I'll right tell now. you what. Before you tell me, Jeremy, Katie, you might have some friends now that you live in Southern California who may you go have friends and get before? some sun every once in a while. They know what Maui Babe is. I'm telling you, that company is unbelievable. Yeah, hey, I've been good. using so, it every day when I've been out at the beach playing. It doesn't help me since I'm still pretty pasty, but... 
<laughs> Hard to get rid of your Pennsylvania roots. People have been borrowing it, and everybody loves it. So, you know, there's that. My I've only con- been out like two yeah. days. I'm just out of season. My concern right now is that Kevin was opening the box, and I was concerned he was going to start lubing himself up. And <laughs> I was going to <laughs> Or take a picture, kind of like the ear cleaning and stuff yeah. again. Oh, going yeah. There's going to be some good... Jerry, he better start moving up for, because of the drubbing his team is going to take tonight at football. That's mm-hmm. what I'm saying. Oh, Whoa. like you're a Panthers, like you're a Panthers Burn. fan all of a sudden. They're playing Carolina Jesus. for no, no, I'm not a Panthers fan whatsoever. In fact, I really don't even like pro football. But I just any opportunity I get to give you a dig, I'm going to take it. <laughs> don't like pro football. That's okay because Kevin's officially getting invited to my uh, Thanksgiving dinner just to even out the Dallas Cowboys versus Eagles fans in my household. An ugly day. <laughs> And I will wear all of my Eagles stuff, and Absolutely. I will wear my Eagles flag as a cape when I show up. Yeah, everybody off. I am, I am making the call right now. If we can do it, December 15th, I will be in studio. We should have the show out on your backyard patio, Kevin. We're going to have to work on our Internet coverage for that, but that's entirely possible. Is it 15th a Monday or Sunday? It's a Monday. Oh, it is a Monday. Vinny has requested the Title IX throwdown be that day. No, I'm done no, with that no topic. I don't even care. No, I'm, done I'm sick of that topic. So here's what we do. You yeah. take, because there's a Clippers game that night, so I only have so much time. We do the show. Then we oh, at least, you're, you're we giving at least us do a lunch. Clippers game? No. <laughs> they do play the Pistons, though, so maybe we'll get free tickets. <laughs> <laughs> can't give them away. We do the show, and then we do lunch, because I probably still can't side out at that point anyway, so it's okay. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. So can't jump. Yeah. Sounds good. Katie, you can be okay. in for that one. Okay. Hey, thanks for the invite. Yeah, Kevin. Kevin. In between your flights, we bring we bring Kelly Chuckles. Too? I get home on the fourteenth. Between your good. between your cross country flights from New Orleans to Philly. <laughs> Kevin's Wait, was that, was that oh. it, Jeremy? Is that we're going to do a show and then we're going to do lunch, or are we going to go to the Clippers game with you afterwards? Well, hopefully, if uh, if I can get tickets, you guys are in. Dude, right I'm on. in. I'm all over yeah. it. If you if you've yeah. got tickets, I'm all over it. Yeah. I'll let you know. We're going to spend the whole day with Sweet. Jay. It'll be the, the day with Jay. We'll tape it. It'll be good. It's got to be some we'll take pictures. We'll get up. That'll be awesome. I thought we were going to do the throwdown. Where weren't Garth Huff and I going to take on you guys in a little beach volley? I mean, I, I guess we've done that. Yeah, before. but neither of us play. I mean, it's the problem. Oh, come Jeremy, on! Jeremy don't can't sign up. Like don't sign up. First of all, I can't sign uh, up. I'm just not physically healthy enough to sign up at the moment. I will Kevin. give you two Katie Charles to be on your team. You can have Perfect. Kelly Chuckles on your team. <laughs> we're in. <laughs> Oh, I'm looking so forward to it. You know, I've been practicing, be right? Might not be to your best interest. <laughs> no, you guys, we got to do something. We are volleyball related. We have to be able to play our sport. I don't play the sport anymore. No. I might play libero. No, I, I play libero nationals, and we still have the sitting team we have to compete with because it's my fault I didn't put that together. Maybe yeah, this is I new. Really, yeah. Oh, I know. Jay's in. You're in. Yeah. I'm in. I think it's coed. Katie. Yep. If it's coed, you're in. I'm in. I'm already in Detroit. I'm already coaching. Yeah, we can't team, put you on a male team. That's not a dig. If it's a male team, how are we going to put you on our team? You're a top draft pick for co-ed. I don't understand. I'm coaching. Yes. Yes. That you can do. Uh, it'll be fun nonetheless. We should definitely Jay, what it comes down to. Jay, what's, what's for dinner over there? It's almost late afternoon. It's 3 o'clock. you got to be thinking already about, like, fire-grilled shrimp or something Steph, at the house. Steph, make an announcement yet on what you're having. All uh, right. No, no, my my wife unfortunately is terribly sick, so I am She's making her soup, and I'm making a homemade Caesar salad from uh, from scratch. I make my own dressing, so oh, nice. that's what I'm doing for my wife tonight. Will you then retire to the man cave while she sleeps and maybe play some biz? I, I will retire to the man cave. I will watch some documentaries. I will 
maybe play a few video games and uh and, and you know, then I'll call it night early, I'll be in bed by eight thirty and uh, get up and do it all over again. Eight <laughs> thirty? Wow. Eight thirty our time? Well, yeah. I mean I'm my body clock's kinda of thrown off. We've just gotten done finishing our, our seven AM practices in order to get here on time. We like to ease into the morning so I get up at five. And my body clock is still a little thrown off, so it'll take me a couple of weeks to get back to normal. All right, Jay, thanks for calling. We'll look forward to seeing you in December. And a convention as well? Are you going to be there this year or what? I, I am not going to be a convention. I made, I pulled the trigger this weekend. I'm going to be in Mexico enjoying little drinks with umbrellas in them instead. If they, as soon as the ABCA gets smart and shifts all that back a week, I'm in. But I can't keep doing it when it's flying back across, uh, across the country. Just you know. We need to shift it. <laughs> what I next vote year? for? Yeah. I vote for we do a TNL at men's convention in Stanford this year. Yes, that's possible. Right. I'm usually in Vegas. We'll see how that works out. And that may or may not work Vegas. for work or for just party. Okay, we work. don't need you anyway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for work. That's fine. The show doesn't need me. Great. Pack up the stuff. Take it with you, and I will get take it out back of my Monday. Get it out of my house. Yeah, yeah I'm done. <laughs> All right, this is Kevin Burnett signing off for the last time on the Net Live. It's been six years. It's been fun, people. I'm going to go to Mexico with Jay. The wife will be excited about that. Her along too. It'll be the question. No, we'll leave the kids behind. They can go to OKC. I'm going to they can, Mexico. Kids can stay here and fend for themselves. <laughs> no, believe me, they'd be happy. <laughs> no, I know. All you got to do is buy a case of cookies and leave the TV operable, and they're all set. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right, nice. Jay. Well, I'm disappointed you're not coming to convention, but I, I think it's my last year convention. I'm, I'm bailing out. Where is it <sighs> next year? Anybody know? Oklahoma City. No, next no, year. Next year. I want to say. Oh, next year. Ooh. If they have it in towards L.A. or on the West Coast, I'd be able to do it without any question. But uh, I don't no, know. We're in some other weird location, and I can't remember where it is, but it's... Topeka? It's another one of those, like, not really a volleyball Cleveland. city. I don't know. Columbus not really a volleyball like, city. Harrisburg, Pennsylvania? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, not going. Where I'm from, Jay. I'm not going. I don't care where it is. If it's here Would in L.A., I'll go. If it's in San Diego, oh, I'll Omaha. Go. Omaha. Omaha. Uh, Omaha? Uh, Definitely. Omaha. Fun, not going. Why can't they do it at Lincoln? Why would they do it in Omaha? Oh, because you can't yell, Lincoln, 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 <laughs> Omaha. Wheels, <laughs> right. wheels. <laughs> the next question, the next couple, I feel like, if I remember looking at it, were really questionable. Like, I'd go back to Louisville. That one was a heck of a lot of fun. Still too fun. Yeah, Louisville's but good. Everything else, I'm never going back to Omaha. The last two times I was at convention there were awful. It was like negative Uh-oh. 30. You didn't go have a Runza? I mean, if you go have a Runza, maybe you'd be all right. Sounds like a personal question. <laughs> Jay, do you know what a Runza is? A, a Runza? I, I don't know. Am I going to go for a Waxa or a Runza? I don't know. <laughs> no, look up look up Runza. And then Runza. You have, I'm sad for you. How do you, how do you spell Runza? R-U-N-Z-A. Okay, we'll look up run. Okay, it is a cabbage basket place, and yes, that's correct. That's what I said. In Nebraska, is it the world famous runs of sandwiches? That's correct. That's it. It's oh, like they, a hot pocket with cabbage. They look like a, they do look like a hot pocket with cabbage. Whoa. Yep. And I've eaten several hot of them. Pocket. As has Rose, as has Rosenthal. My buddy Josh Crozer right now, really excited about the Runza. So are we saying this right? We're going to Nebraska two years in a row, though. Omaha in 15 and 16. Really? Columbus what? in 2017 and Kansas City in 2018. Back to Kansas City? 
All right, count me out right now. I'll be I'll be back in twenty. Columbus, I can go retrieve. All Omaha's got to support volleyball. Count me back. Columbus in will be awesome. I, I'm looking forward to Columbus. That's a hop, skip, and a jump for me. And the men's, I believe, in twenty. What is it? Twenty sixteen? No, twenty seventeen for men's is in is in Columbus as well. I believe. Twenty seventeen for Lions women. People too, will probably so. cheat again and probably have another champion. I don't know. Maybe Erskine will win this time. Be awesome. Earth- Dang. Not at BYU. <laughs> Good God, BYU. All right. All right. All right. I, I love guys. I love here. a lot of folks from BYU, but man, oh man, cheaters. All right. Uh-oh. Thanks, All right. Jay. Talk to you. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. We'll talk to you soon. Later yeah. on. Later. Kelly, what are we missing? Any topics here? Any female-specific topics that you need to bring up that we've we've screwed up? Welcome to the show, Katie. Your responsibility is to bring up women's topics. Yeah, I mean, we need we need a strong female on the show more often. We need you more often, Katie. It just makes me sad you're not here every week. Yes, jobs, those things are horrible. That wife doesn't pay you enough either, huh, yeah, Katie? Yeah, apparently ah, not. doesn't pay anybody enough. <laughs> I, got a Batman, I got a Batman pillow. Am I, I supposed though? to stick the fuzzy end in my ear? Maybe that was my problem. <laughs> That's just awkward. <laughs> You're supposed to do this with it afterwards. Make yourself feel better. Oh, it's not so bad. We've got the listeners. The listeners are texting in. It was from Pete Wong over in Ohio. He says, "Runs is awesome, but not worth going to Omaha for." <laughs> <laughs> That's a good call. That's a good call. Oh yeah. yeah. All right. Female-specific topics. Well, we should be starting to like, hype up the men's season <sighs> a little, shouldn't we? If we're trying to get the word out, we can no. start. Uh... There's no hype. Pepperdine is going to win. I don't know what you guys are talking about. Pepperdine. Pepperdine. Pepperdine will win. They're the best team, and that's the end of it. Hey, we hear they're leaving the West Coast for a game this year, so that's exciting. Yeah, they're going to hope to in the in the Coastal Carolinas scheduling roulette. They're going to hope to schedule the eventual qualifier, which is basically the way that. Lewis got in because they happened to have played the qualifier out of that conference. Yeah, they're they're actually changing what they're doing. Kevin, uh, you should hold back. Don't, I mean, tell us how you really feel. Just throw it out there. I'm sorry, Dan Friend. I like you, but that was not right. Vinny Lopes, men's preview. Can I call back in? <laughs> <laughs> yes, well, just, Vinny. Soon. Uh, well, again, Pepperdine. Their glaring errors were pointed out quite well, and they. Now have to change what they're doing. I get it. Just go to a field of eight, though. Make it make sense. Well, that would be nice, but that would require that our... Oh, wait. Am I allowed to say this on air since they're supporting us? The coaching people, they have to get in there and do it. The men's coaches don't have the same power as other coaches because they're a federation and not a conference. So their voice at the NCAA level isn't as high. So we need to get our coaching association on board with, you know, pushing for an 18 tournament. And, you know, now that we have multiple conferences you picked up the division two and having that full conference carolinas picking it up with the sport gaining steam like our coaching association needs to take over and really start pushing how much how much time do you think they spend on men's the men's side of the sport versus the women's in a normal meeting i'd give it 10 minutes out of three hours yeah it just here's what i feel to understand about it is that women's volleyball is is kind of at a a crossroads and and they're they're having a problem they're not treated the way that women's basketball is treated, despite the fact that they're basically the same sport. They're the entirely same sport. But the revenue choices the, or the funding choices that are made by the NCAA are based upon the, quote, equality with the men. Okay, so the men's basketball is huge. Women's basketball benefits tremendously from that. And if you're a women's basketball person who thinks that women's basketball stands on its own and does not benefit from the, the level the men you're wrong. I'm sorry. You're wrong. Women's volleyball needs men's volleyball to also be a big sport. You would have more clout. 
you would have more power if the men's game was bigger. Well, and we've talked to, I don't understand why more schools individually, especially women's devs, aren't pushing for it. We've talked it about costs nothing. The, yeah. It's the least expensive sport. In the they grand can scheme add. of things, they own the equipment already. Yeah. All you need are some different volleyballs and a couple of uniforms, a staff, and you're good. It's it would be less expensive than adding sand volleyball at most of those schools. I mean, if you're gonna go through and do all of that stuff, you know, we have to be pushing. The teams that historically have done better are teams that have corresponding men's programs. How much are you gonna spend on a sand court to construct nine sand courts to the level that they need. How much are you going to spend to do that? It's got to be dollars. into the. It's a big number. It's far bigger than to buy some uniforms, put together a, an extra couple of utility closets, move the brooms and the the uh, the mops aside so you can put a men's program in there because the men are used to getting pooped on anyway <laughs> when it comes to Stick facilities. Stick them in the broom closet; they'll still get it. The men are used, saying. Men are used to getting the runses. You know, a lot of these guys would coach for next to nothing. They where the women's do. coaches are demanding huge salaries, I'm sure. The men's coaches already coach for next to nothing. Let's make yeah, sure so, we're on that. So start a men's program. Oh, but wait. We can't do that. Well, you could. You just have to make the arrangements to do it. Well, when you look at what, say, Pacific did, where they dropped a men's program that was costing them essentially very little to add a sport where your basic scholarship requirement is at least 11. Yeah. I mean, it just doesn't make sense. So there's either something going on Yeah, that... it does. We all know why it happens. But they say, oh, it's financial. No, it's not. And if, if I'm a women's coach, if you're just a volleyball fan, you should be pushing for both sides. It shouldn't just be about the women's game. And usually it's people that have never watched a high-level men's match of any kind that are like, oh, well, why does it matter if we have men's volleyball? Women's volleyball will be the preeminent sport. Well, it's not. I mean, it's never going to be unless our the men's side of our sport becomes as good, if not better, than us. And if you look at how strong our national teams have been, it's a shame that nobody ever sees them until then. What's a better product? Women's volleyball or women's basketball? Oh, women's volleyball for sure. It's more interesting to watch. It's The game of itself is different enough from our men's game that it's still enjoyable to watch, whereas women's basketball is just like a really slow, boring version of men's basketball. Well, they do women's and men's volleyball. They do the same stuff. Bump set spike. Right. Women's basketball, men's basketball, they do not. Men are jumping over each other and dunking on each other's faces. And this coming from somebody who played both sports in college. I actually called my parents one day after watching the basketball team that I played on and apologized. I'm like, I'm sorry you spent the last 12 years watching me play this sport. This is awful. I don't know how you did it. Jay Hosman says there is more attendance for college women's volleyball than women's pro basketball. Yeah. Staples Center, the Los Angeles Sparks average 2,500, 3,000 fans in a almost 20,000-person stadium. No, it's bad. They don't make money. That league doesn't make money. No. That league is a PR move from the NBA. Yeah, the, the NBA floats that league. Men's professional yeah. sports. Yeah. I need to care about women again. And that's not a judgment. That's not a judgment of the quality of the product on my my part. That's just truth. They are funded by the NBA. Yeah. And if in collegiate athletics you had the 300 something schools of women's volleyball, and also, I mean, throw out a crazy number like 200 men's schools with men's volleyball, and you had all those coaches and staffs and players and all those folks prodding the NCAA to do something, it would be a far different world for women's volleyball and their effort to compete with women's basketball for funds, attention, whatever else, services, and so on within the university. A men's program, a good men's set of programming nationwide in the collegiate ranks would help women's volleyball. 
They are suffering behind women's basketball because they are out there on their own, and women's basketball can always draw from, point to, and ride along with men's basketball. There need to be more men's programs. They also play at the same time, though, women's basketball and men's basketball. It's not two different seasons. We've talked to some of those coaches. We should move the women to the to the spring for a lot of reasons. The women's season should move to the spring for a lot of reasons. Chief among them, you could actually have a preseason and get these athletes in shape and ready to play. That's why I said earlier, a September 12th victory, you go, it means a lot less than an, a November 12th victory. We differ on this one. I don't, I don't like the spring season for women. Why? One, you're up against too many other sports. Two, I like the fall season. We are the preeminent women's sport at that time. In the spring, you're competing for TV time with softball. For God knows why they keep putting that on television, because I think it's like watching paint dry. But your athletes, in general, like I actually like the fall season. I think it helps the athletes. A lot of them come in either the semester early or over the summer. Your teams, I think, are better bonded because they have just such a short time to get there. You know, in the long, I think it's easier to bond in the quick. Really? At least I did as a player. Because you're forced. Do girls like, get too catty over the four or five months? So the season's over by well, the time they're sick of each other. Well, when you have four or five months to sit there and contemplate, like, oh my God, am I going to play? Is this freshman going to play? How maybe you know, it just turns into an explosion. You can manage that on the backside of it, but in the early part, if you just get in there and start playing, I think it's better. Can you start that again? Oh my God. <laughs> Is this freshman going to play over me? I can't believe it. Trust me. After <laughs> coaching women for nine years at the college level, you would not believe the things that they still wander into your office and tell you, like, she didn't like me a year ago and she's my roommate now, but I still, I don't know if I can play with her. I had that happen to me once. I was like, I literally said, get out of my office now. Like, leave. <laughs> nice. Just go. <laughs> We're not having this talk. If you can't talk to each other about it, I don't know what to do for you. <laughs> you you would be shocked of the things the college-aged females wander into offices to talk to their coaching staff about. I would be curious to talk to more women's coaches about this, because obviously on our chat board, Jay and Vinny are all like, they are Coach Hulu's saying that they would like to see the both seasons at the same time. Yeah. But then you obviously have TV deals. You would just have to rework it differently. I just don't have an opinion on it one way or It's not going to happen. Involved. For sure. It's not going to happen. But I, I think it would be... But you be think of the cost of travel. Like, let's say you travel both the teams, especially in conference, you can play the same schools at the same time. What if you came in and you had, there was a five and a seven? Women and men. We've talked about that before, I think, on this show. It'd be kind of cool. Why don't they do that in basketball? Because the men's basketball is too big. They don't need it. I think. See, I I still think the women's programming for volleyball needs the men's to be bigger. I think it benefits. I think anything that benefits volleyball, period, helps everybody. Well, then why don't we move the men's season to the fall? Ooh, burn. Why do the women have to move to the spring? Yeah, Kevin. Because you're girls. You're, you're moving. You're, you're girls first. Is that what you're trying to say? You are changing for a far smaller group if you're moving men to the fall. Because I, you I think you're. The well, because I think the way your season is constructed is inferior. And I and I draw that opinion based on the opinion of coaches, yeah. the women's coaches, who get the athletes for two weeks. You get them from summer where a lot of them, let's be honest, are not doing what they need to do, and that's men and women. And then you get them into school, and. So what if a kid is out of shape when he's running eight, you know, eight hundreds on the track, or he's out of shape running up the hill and barfing, or he's out of shape playing in an open gym for an hour a week or whatever? It's not nearly as big a deal as when he's out of shape when you have a non-conference matchup and you're Stanford and Penn State and you're playing each other and these kids are not ready. Well, and Jay brings up the point of gym time. Do you think a basketball coach would prefer to share their facility during 
the early part of the season when they're playing non-conference games that don't really matter? Or do you think they prefer to do it in the second half of the year? If you're wanting to grow the game, I would imagine there'd be far more people that would be interested in doing sharing during the early part of the season and being done by December so that the bulk of the basketball season isn't share time. The other thing is when we look at this situation and we look at changing the season to spring, you're looking at what works out best for the top 25 of Division One. Remember, this would require changing you know, do you go then and change club season? There's a lot of coaches that couldn't coach without getting money from being club coaches. So, yeah, it would be fine for the people who are making $100,000 or so as a head coach and their staffs are fully funded. But for the people, which is majority of our sport, they can't do that. They couldn't survive without an alternate income or something else going on. They, I couldn't have coached, you know, I couldn't be doing what I'm doing now unless I would have had two seasons in order to coach in. There's a significant chunk of Division Two, II, Division Three, NAIA, where their staffs are living on being able to coach club or do something during your spring season involved with our sport. Now, if you move the college season to the spring, you've now affected a far larger population of people who won't be able to coach because they won't be able to. Wouldn't there still to be a club season because it's in the when you just switch the club seasons? No, maybe club, try to club, club season has emerged around the NCAA system, and all this has been put together around a basic set of principles. And Kelly's right, or Kelly. <laughs> Katie's right. That is your name now. If you uh, if you change that, other stuff has to change. That's totally again, it's it's totally. fine for the people who can make a living coaching our sport during the season. Oh yeah, sure. Let's go to the spring. That's fine with them. But for the people that need that extra income and need to be able to afford, there's a lot of coaches who couldn't do what they do if they didn't have that ability. And the flexibility of being able to coach our club season in the off season allows a significant chunk of coaches. How do the men's programs do it? How do the men's see- Have you seen how men's club season, season runs? They run, so they would have to run, half of it is in the fall, and then yeah. the men's season happens and the high school season happens, and the other half comes after that. So there's a huge gap. So nationals are after you've maybe had your team back for a month after they've trained for six months with their high school team. Well, it's, not, it's like the women's season. You're playing, you get your team back for maybe two weeks, and then you got to play them. And... <laughs> Yeah, but and you had them for spring, but then you took three months off. I I... See, I I don't think well in the college you're coming in, you're practicing three times a day, you're doing you know whatever the case may be. Quite frankly, having been in the Division three and then coached at the Division one, I, I like fall season for women. Okay. And I and the only reason that I could continue to do coaching for as long as I did is because I could coach club in the spring. All right. Well, I have not coached in Division One or in Division Three, and I like uh, switching to the spring season. So deal with that, Kitty. <laughs> Gosh, that was such a grown-up response, Kevin. I'm so proud of you. Shut up. <laughs> My show. Kevin's now throwing dirty, Katie, kicking her, <laughs> kicking her in the shin. <laughs> no, I, the bottom line is it's not going to change. It's it's the way it is, and I'm, I'm with everybody who said that it ought to be changed. The the finals. Why are we right before Christmas? The weekend before Christmas, or in this case, we're like four days before Christmas, even, and the yeah. final four is being played. Stupid. Move it back a week. Move the regular season back a week. Start practice a week earlier. For God's sakes, it's not. It changes nothing to do that. It changes nothing to do that. Bump it all back a week. Let's be done on the 14th of December, and let's everyone just go to vacation. I'm sure there's a lot of coaches who would like that. Very much so. To be finished with their season a week earlier in regards to the holidays. Because let's be honest, Thanksgiving, no fun for 64 women's programs. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's fun to do that, but it's not a family fun thing. And then if you go all the way, boy, you you wipe out into that. And then well, I'm now sure Jim McLaughlin's at, Christmas was really we're good We're in last Oklahoma year. City. You've got weather factors. Like I said, the last time we were in Omaha, we got stranded there an extra day. It was right close to Christmas. This because is not of happening the, to me. Exactly. And that's the biggest, like, okay, yeah, we're going to Oklahoma City. So already the flights are astronomical because have you seen trying to get that many people in Oklahoma City right before yeah. Christmas? 
There's not a ton of flights heading there. If you get stuck there due to weather, any kind of anything blowing in off the plane, that's going to be a snowstorm. Or Let's anything. not talk about that. That's there. not happening. I have things I have to do. I'm leaving. I'm leaving the day I arrive. If that's going to happen, <laughs> I will fly in and I will fly back out just for the mileage. If we're we're in danger of getting stuck there, I'm not. I'm not spending my Christmas at OKC. We still need a place to stay. And by stay, I mean I'm staying in a hotel. I'm not staying at your brother's, cousin's, uncle's, sister's, <laughs> nephew's basement on a cot. You'd have been fine there. It was nice. I'll be toasting you guys from New Orleans. Dude, we would have had breakfast. You could play with the kids. We'd have been good. Do you know me at all whatsoever, Kevin? <laughs> I don't think you do. Yes, Jeremy. That's why I think it's funny. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you. Jeremy, kids. So he knows no. me. He knows me, but just doesn't care. Is that what it is? Kevin knows me, but Pretty doesn't much, care. Yeah. He doesn't. Doesn't yeah, care what you. Yeah, do. I don't Broke care. Why don't you lean back and see how your back feels right My now? Back, and then I think. Am, then think about whether Kevin cares about you or not. I'm feeling so comfortable and cushy with this Batman pillow. Great. <laughs> all right. Now you know what you have to do is buy another one that stays here. Oh, you need you need yeah, a, a show need pillow. One for that, one for my house, and one for the show, so I can sit on it. When we have I'm the studio, friends, we'll get we'll get me a new. Leave it, we'll leave have it some in the new Jeremy car. Stuff. We'll have That's some true. Jeremy stuff at the studio. We'll have. But now I'm going to have to de ham and cheese it when I get home. <laughs> I rolled that whole. No, area, I know, and that has been hidden. By the way, it has not been ham and cheese available. Kevin puts it in a plastic bubble so his cats don't get on my chair during. High the week. in the closet it, where they cannot go. Put it near your face and see how much sneezing you do. I'm trying to take care of you and your sneezing issues. Appreciate that. I didn't have any appreciation for people that had allergies and how bad it was until I went to Denver at the end of the summer last year. And for three days, I about sneezed my face off. And it was <laughs> unbelievably bad. And so I have new respect for folks. The though. worst for me is sometimes I'll get sinus stuff and like my nose, like I can breathe fine. My nose, like it's yeah. fine, but it's like just stuck in your oh, brain. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, why does my head hurt right? Th-? I literally yeah. one time had to go to the hospital. It was the worst pain I've ever felt. And I'm like, what's wrong with me? And they gave me a CAT scan and all that stuff. And this lady gave me a shot in the butt. <laughs> Which, that by the way, to know in yeah, in the butt, Bob. You know why? Because when was the last time you got a shot in the butt? When I she, think I was 12. When you were like exactly. Two. When she came into <laughs> the room and told me that, uh, I laughed at her. I was like, ha ha. I thought she was joking with me. She's like, no, seriously. Like in the ring or in the meaty part? In the meaty part. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, it was the worst pain I ever felt. Guy gave me a CAT scan. They're like, oh, you just have sinus issues. Yeah. You really want to take the show off the rails right now? No, I don't. We've already done that. Do you want to by the, the way, I just turned 40. Should we just start the show over? We've already restarted the show once today. I Should turned 40. Over? You know what happens when you turn 40? You go for an annual physical? <laughs> they, give the, uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. they give you the who's your father. Yep. That happened. That <laughs> happened. Hell, Kevin, you got to do Were, you, you, were do. you prepared or unprepared? That's the question. Like, do you know it was coming or do you not know it was coming? No, but... And would it be better to know or not know? I'm not worried about it either way. <laughs> I could care less. Doesn't bother me at all. It's like having a vasectomy. People are like, oh, this is this. Whatever. It's really, proce- he it's just procedure. likened it to having a vasectomy. Well, the, that's the a woman, procedure. The woman shaved my balls. That felt great. And then then <laughs> <laughs> he went in and cut the thing. It was a nothing procedure. If you have not started drinking <laughs> while listening to this show, you better start drinking right now. Like, I, I don't drink much. And if I, I'm going to go home and start drinking. And I, have a, and I have a game later, so I will be taking Uber to the Clippers game so I don't drive. Your dinged-up automobile? You want to yeah. be driving your dinged-up car? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, I literally, I almost murdered somebody on Saturday when they smashed their door so into my decide? car. There are Is two dings in my car. Is it better to be in the car or not in the car? <sighs> Probably better for the other person. I have it was, would have been better for the other person. Yes. They... Luckily, they, the scratch mark that they did leave rubbed off, so they didn't leave a dent. That's good. I've got two dents. But it was one of those things where they were backing into their spot. I knew that they were going to hit my car. Yeah. I just – I knew it. I had – I was – and they did it, and I – if the person was not standing right outside of my door with their door open, because I was coming out of my car real fast, 
It may have been ugly. But I had to roll my window down, and I will clean up my language for you, and said, excuse me, sir, will you please move out of the way so I can open my door and get out and look at the dent that you just hit into my brand new car? That is not how I said it, but that is the gist of what I said. Did he look at you and go, it's just a Kia? more pleasant or less pleasant I was that. really less pleasant at that moment. Did he look at you and go, it's just a Kia, bro? No. He looked at me and he's like, oh, bro, I'm so sorry. And I said, that's great. Now get the, please mm-hmm. get out of my way so I can get out of my car. Uh, I was not thrilled at all whatsoever. Before we go, I want to say congratulations to Carly Truman, Offensive Player of the Week in the Pac-12 oh, from Utah, freshman from Utah. She played that awesome. Be, that must be listed in reverse order here. Hold on. Yeah. <laughs> offensive Player of the Week. Stanford's Kyle Gilbert named Defensive Player of the Week. And Utah's Elisa Katoa. Eliza, sorry, Eliza Katoa. Uh, tab Freshman of the Week. So big weekend for Utah. Congratulations. Did uh, did you get the email with the ABC April? Nope. They must be taking a day off over there in Kentucky. It's fine. They're celebrating Veterans Day. They'll be back tomorrow. Maybe. Maybe the poll will come out tomorrow. All right. Thanks for being here on the Net Live. This was, I'll tell you what, one of the most diverse podcasts we've had. <laughs> we covered some weird. I can't topics. tell if we've gained listeners or lost listeners. It just depends. Who cares? <laughs> no, I'm Who just cares? curious. Yeah, I'm still going to show up next it's week. It's good to be back. Speaking of next week, Here. we may... Don't forget to take that with you. We may have something special. We may. I, I just got an email about that. We'll see how that works out. And if we, we will, do, we'll let you know ASAP. We will have Matt Anderson. Thanks with Matt during the show. Oh, nice. We will have good. Matt next week. Good we of, will talk to him directly. Good of him, by the way, to be willing to talk about it. Yeah. No. Cool. Appreciate it. Uh, all right. That'll do it. Kevin Barnett, DJ Jeremy Roche, Katie Charles, a.k.a. Kelly Chuckles. Kelly Chuckles in here for the show. Thanks for coming, Katie. Absolutely. Next week, Katie? Fun to hear your voice. Check down the PCH. Two Fun to have you row? on the show. Next week. Two weeks in a row. I should oh, be yes. Hey, All right. You got me for like three weeks before I start club again, and I can go back yeah. to my hole of not speaking to anybody. That's fine. All right. Well, we'll be here in the home court, uh, some of us with things sticking out of our ears. We'll see you next week. Then out live. Only the top four teams make it to the championship round. But who will celebrate the ultimate victory at the NCAA Women's Volleyball Championship? Be there up close to take in all the exciting action. Get right back at it. And the best way to see it is to experience it live. Could be a big moment. At the 2014 NCAA Women's Volleyball Championship, December 18th and 20th at Chesapeake Energy Arena in Oklahoma City. Affordable tickets available. Go online at NCAA.com volleyball and reserve your seats today.